0: Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The
1: 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry.
3: Fox Sports Radio.
5: Radio. Living the dream once again on a fabulous Saturday. It is Fox Sports Saturday. Harbin and Schwartz with you. Brought to you by one of our favorite cities, Las Vegas. The greatest arena on earth. Plan your trip today at visitlasvegas.com. One of my favorite days on the sports calendar. It is final for Saturday. We got marquee matchups, no underdogs in this group, Villanova, Kansas, North Carolina, and Duke. We are two hours away of tip-off of that first game between Villanova and Kansas. And, you know, Jeff, we think about this time of the year, and there's, there's, you know, there's a different run for a lot of people. I mean, obviously, football fans will always cite, you know, the beginning of September, the NFL season kicks off. College football, you got like a, a two-week window there with a the kickoff of the college football and the uh, and the NFL season. But if if you if you go a little deeper and you think about where we are right now in the sports calendar, this week we have the Final Four. We have opening day in baseball coming up on Thursday, and it's Masters Week coming up. I mean, that's that's yeah. a pretty solid week if you're a sports fan.
6: I, I would I would say so. Um, and even just looking like ahead, there's there was I tell people tweet about sports weekends, right? Like, like this one's good. This one's good. Are you a soccer fan by any chance? I, I, I'm not much of a soccer fan. But I, I am will, not
5: much of a soccer fan,
6: but I will watch our country um, in soccer. So Thanksgiving weekend. Yes. How about this? Four, this will be on Fox. Okay, you ready? Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be, um, the Thursday will be the Cowboys, right? They'll be on Thanksgiving, right? Yep. On Fox. Friday on Fox, U.S. England World Cup. Saturday, big game, Michigan, Ohio State. Mm. Sunday, NFL. All I mean, right, like, that's
5: solid. That's woo! solid.
6: That's but Masters opening day, and we get the Final Four, and especially a Final Four that has this much. Drama with really one coach, right, and yeah. one amazing rivalry—the the 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 best in all of college basketball—and a situation where even the early game, which is Kansas and Villanova, right? We have Jay Wright will be will make make the Hall of Fame. He'll be a Hall. He's of Fame
5: already coach. in the Hall of Fame.
6: Oh, I don't know that. but he Yeah, okay, he well.
5: actually made the Hall of Fame, and so is Bill Self. They're already in the basketball okay, So they're both in the Hall of Fame. I didn't yeah. know that, but they're yeah. both in.
6: Yeah. I didn't know if, if Bill Self was in yet. Yes, um, both
5: of them have already been elected so to the they, Hall of Fame.
6: I, why do they elect
5: active coaches? Okay, well, that's a really good question. Uh, by <laughs> the way, if I really want to be a little sidebar today, today the, uh, the Basketball Hall of Fame was announced, the class of 2022 – was announced and and Jeff, we have gone over this over the past and my general feeling about the basketball Hall of Fame. Uh, so let me get this, this is, out. Anyone gets it. Let, let me let me get this out of the way now, so I don't have to uh, go back over this a little bit later on the show. <laughs> so um, the basketball Hall of Fame, the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame, is is different than any other Hall of Fame out there, and that is because. People are misguided when they say it's the NBA Hall of Fame. There is no NBA Hall of Fame. There's never been an NBA Hall of Fame. Um, There there were 13 inductees announced today in the class of 2022. Okay. um, And four of them are women. Uh, One of them is an international player who never played in the NBA, a guy named Korach, I believe his name is. Um, we have contributors like Larry Costello and Del Harris. Laker fans are like, Dell Harris is Del, in the yeah, I Hall say, of I,
6: fame. Was like, I was like, oh, Del Harris. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah,
5: um, and then you look at the rest, and you've got a Bob Huggins, who's never won an NCAA championship. You have George Carl, who never won an NBA championship as coaches. And then the three players they picked uh, that were actually legitimate NBA players include Lou Hudson, who played with the Hawks way back in the day, a good shooting guard, uh, Tim Hardaway, Emano Ginobili. Now you look at this entire list of thirteen. and You're like, were any of these people like game changers in the NBA? I, they, I don't see a Kobe also, or they also.
6: Um, they hmm. also had a uh, an official who. Oh yes, Hugh 2, Evans, a referee. 2,200 yes. 2,200 games. All
5: right, yes. so that is your class. That's a big class. And you're saying who's – I mean, Manu Ginobili? Okay, on an international stage, I'll say absolutely the fact that he led his team to a gold medal, beating the NBA All-Stars along the way. That's legit. Uh, He was a key contributor, but he wasn't the guy, obviously, for the Spurs back in the heyday. But, yeah, this is is, – this also includes these active coaches. Bob Huggins, obviously, (laughs) is an active coach, and now he's in the Hall of Fame. But, yes, that matchup today, the first game of the day – uh, between Jay Wright and Bill Self, both of them have already been inducted into this Naismith yeah. Basketball Hall of Fame. All right.
6: So the appetizer is still good, right? It's going to be good appetizer. You know, Kansas, um, you know, the second half of that Miami game last weekend, you're like, well, that's a team we, we kind of always expect, right? We don't always get that with Kansas. Right. And they haven't been tested very much in the tournament. Miami was a 10 seed, right, guys? They, they got really hot at the end of the season. They're 10 seed for a reason. And then Villanova's just hurt. They, they have lack of depth to start with and... And they just got another player hurt more last weekend with an Achilles. And they have another starter out as well. Look, Villanova is like 358th in tempo, right, Steve? Yeah. They're going to go as slow as possible. And I think we've seen the last couple of years slow in defense, at least keeps the game close, right? In the very end, you hope to win. Some of these up-tempo Gonzaga, Arizona, right? It's hard to win at that pace, I think, in the tournament, where Villanova will, will be in this game because of that. If Kansas can make their shots – if they can push a tempo a little bit, I think Villanova will have a hard time scoring enough points. So it's going to be a good appetizer. It's on in about two hours. Um, I, I will say I have I have I have airing gripes about basketball. I don't like this being a football stadium like people have been tweeting out pictures of the stands. And it's like they're paying fifteen hundred bucks to sit in the lower level but you can't see anything. You can't see that. I mean, it's not my money. So like, you won't spend your money. That way. be my guest, but you can't see anything. Like what? I don't, it looks silly that we're doing this. I get it for money. They're going to sell the thing out. Now, would it have stolen out, stolen out, uh, sold out if it was UCLA and, in uh, Arkansas probably not. Um, but it's, it's, it's a uh, North Carolina Duke. And most of the time you, you they get sold in sessions, right? So today, right. you would take it for today. You get both games. All right. So, um, so that kind of helps with, I think. It, but it just—I don't like it in the big football stadium. Well, I, I, like I was there. The uh,
5: yeah, Jeff, the first time I, I was—I uh, was a regular at Final Fours for many years. I've covered sixteen Final Fours over the years, but I haven't done any uh, since two thousand and nine. Now that was the first time they opened up a full stadium. They had had them in stadiums, but in Antonio, never a full yeah. stadium it was oh nine, and that was the championship game between North Carolina and Michigan State. This was in Detroit. So, obviously, there was a a home court advantage for Michigan State. It didn't work. North Carolina blew them out of the building. Um, But, yes, I sat floor-side. I had great seats for that one, uh, courtesy of Fox Sports Radio. Thank you very much. Anyway, uh, I I just thought, this is ridiculous. I I mean, forget binoculars. How about a telescope Um, uh, to see anything from where you're sitting? But this, again, shows you the popularity of this event, Jeff. I mean, we— and I've I've said this. What what amazes me when you look at the continued growth of the March Madness is take a look at the players that have been awarded the MOP. They don't go MVP. It's Most Outstanding Player of the Final Four over the last ten years since Anthony Davis of Kentucky won it in 2012. Okay, look at the names. Do you recognize any of these people? No, you don't. Because none of them have any impact once they moved on to the NBA. You had Kemba Walker in 2011. You had Anthony Davis in 2012. But it doesn't matter. It, it is, it's is—it's such an incredible marketing job that the NCAA has done for this basketball tournament. Um, and, now, and the stars are the coaches. And here we got three Hall of Fame coaches. Three guys that are already in the yeah. Hall of Fame that are in this Final Four I, and when I say the fix is in, the basketball gods fixed this one. I mean, this could not have worked out any better for them to get, you know, a, a, a lead in matchup between two Hall of Fame coaches, Jay Wright and Bill Self, followed by the first ever game, ever, between Duke and North Carolina in an NCAA tournament game. This is the 258th time these schools have met. And, yes, they've been on opposite sides of the bracket. And there was a Final Four. We talked about this before the show, Jeff. I was there in Indianapolis, 1991. They were both in the Final Four, but North Carolina got upset by Kansas in the semi, and Duke went on to win the championship that year. But think about that. All these years and the first time that Duke and North Carolina have ever played in an NCAA tournament game just happens to be Coach K's final run in the NCAA tournament. Unbelievable.
6: And they do it in a year where Carolina was the eighth seed, right? Carolina yes. had to beat the one seed in Baylor, had to beat UCLA, mm-hmm. which was a, a tough task, right? They were down. And then they get a walkover over, over right. St. Peter's. But even if North Carolina wasn't in this game, it would have been UCLA. Like The, like the basketball gods were, were, were playing kind yes. to, you know, to the ratings um, of, of, of what this will be. So, look, the, the obviously the late game. It's so late too. It's almost start to like nine thirty. Like, what are we doing, everyone? Well, you have to um, you
5: have to move back to the West Coast. It's just it's just, it's time just outrageously late.
6: Like, everyone <laughs> in Carolina is going to be watching this. I mean, they're going to watch it obviously oh, Saturday yeah. night.
5: I mean, give us a d- sense. I, in fact, I'll tell you what. I, I I need you to set the table on the other side. All right. So you are there. We're talking about two schools that are what eight miles apart.
6: Am I right? Very close. Yes.
5: All right. About I'm eight miles about. apart. The University of North Carolina, Duke University. Uh, Jeff's there. So we're we're going to find out exactly. What is going on on this historic day? First time ever. Duke and North Carolina mashed up in just, not just an NC tournament game. That's a Final Four game in Coach K's final run. What is the atmosphere? Jeff's going to break it down coming up next.
3: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
2: I got legendary Hall of Famers, elite coaches, and the top basketball insiders bringing you a unique perspective on all things Hoops culture that you will not find anywhere else. To so make your next move your best move. And tap in with me on KJ Live wherever you get your podcast from.
4: There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip.
2: Steve Harbin,
5: Jeff Schwartz, Fox Sports, Saturday. Dollar Shave Club six-blade razor brings noticeably smooth shaves with six stainless steel blades for swift hair removal and a lubricating strip that keeps things smooth. Dollar Shave Club razors are sold at DollarShaveClub.com or in stores. All right, so the to put a little perspective on this matchup between Duke and North Carolina, the second of the two final four games. You really have to understand a little bit of history with the ACC. And, Jeff, the ACC tournament began in 1954. And to put that year in perspective, when you think about major conferences, now they weren't the first ever conference tournament. Ironically, the Southeastern Conference actually had a tournament back in the 40s, but then they ended it and okay. in the very early 50s. And the ACC tournament was the tournament. Uh, the Pac-12 back in the day as the Pac-10 did not have a conference tournament until 1987. I mean, that's how many years pass. But out of that ACC tournament really rose that entire conference in prominence because in those days while other conference champions were getting their ticket punch of the NCAA tournament, regular season champions, you had to win the ACC tournament yeah. in order to actually get the one spot for that conference in the NCAA tournament. So it just rose the whole level for the North Carolinas, the NC States, the Maryland's, the Dukes, uh, all, the, all the teams out of the ACC. And those two schools that emerged as the superpowers out of this conference We're Duke in North Carolina. And from the Dean Smith years and the Coach K years and Roy Williams winning three championships at North Carolina, from a West Coast perspective, and you know me, I'm a UCLA guy, I've always been a little bit, like, put off by the fact that this Duke-North Carolina rivalry has been put on the same level as, like, Yankees-Red Sox or Dodgers-Giants or name any rivalry in sports. Duke-North Carolina basketball for many, is the ultimate uh, as far as rivalries in the sports world, either professionally or on the collegiate level. But you've been down in that area now, even though you're SoCal native, but you've been in the Carolinas for a long time now, Jeff. Give us a little perspective of this rivalry and just what's at stake later on today
6: when Duke and North Carolina face off. (laughs) So um, everywhere i've been this week or will do or who i talked to that i the kind of knows i'm involved in sports has asked me like who is going to win like like i text my chiropractor i was like hey can i can i get on monday Hmm. and and he goes who's going to win between duke and north carolina and i was like duke and he goes okay good i can't stand them and then (laughs) you know my neighbor goes to duke so he's rooting for duke a friend of ours came over the other day i'd never seen him before in a carolina hoodie he had a carolina hoodie on like the pride just comes out now when it comes to these two teams. And it's going to obviously as talk radio has lit it up uh, for this week. Um, it, it, they really do hate each other. And everyone has everyone has a side. Like, I personally would probably say I like North Carolina because I just like the jerseys better. Like, that's what I've always been. Like, <laughs> like a, like a
5: <laughs> well, and by the way, just very quickly, when Larry Brown, who was a North Carolina guy, became the coach at UCLA when I was sports editor, his second season turned out to be his last season. UCLA suddenly dawned Carolina blue. And UCLA people were horrified. Our jerseys went from the traditional UCLA blue to a Carolina blue. And it was only that one year and they got rid of it after he left. But yeah, I know. So you, you like that Carolina blue, though.
6: Um, yes, I do like the Carolina blue. I think it's just like Jordan, like, you know, growing mm-hmm, up and sure. And, and, you know, being a big Jordan fan. Uh, no, I mean, it's like everyone has their side. Everyone's going to have a side tonight. Um, you know, it, it matters so much like Eric church canceled a, a concert tonight to, to, to watch the game. I don't go to the game, watch the game. Um, and he didn't even he didn't even go, he went to app state. Like it, it just matters that much in the Carolinas. Uh, this week, there's been a lot of the car flags up, and again, people wearing the Duke of North Carolina. Um, um, it, it matters a lot. And um, the schools are close to each other, as you mentioned before. One side obviously is rooting for their coach to continue on. And one side, obviously, that same side's like, you know, their coach, coach can, can do no wrong, can do no wrong. And obviously, the other side, North Carolina, um, I was, uh, <laughs> who was I talking to the other day who said their friend? Oh, yeah. I, I was um, on the, the links yesterday with a buddy of mine. And he said that a friend of his who's mild mannered, Never cusses. Duh, is a, is a North Carolina gal, and she just went off on Coach K out of nowhere this week. It's like that that blah 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 blah, blah person. Uh, like the, it just it just brings out the hatred um, that we don't really get, we don't really get to see it on the West Coast. I mean UCLA USC fans. Uh, I mean they're there, but like the hatred's not what it is for this rivalry.
5: It's it's interesting when we talk about when obviously Coach K first took over at Duke and dean smith was at the height of his power still looking by the way for his first championship that would come the second year that coach k was at duke and remember his first 3 years at duke were losing seasons i mean not he only, only was this guy had- now I never, I mean, he was a complete outsider. He had been the coach at Army for five years. He was a disciple of Bob Knight, who uh, he was the point guard at the Military Academy. People may not remember that Bob Knight, before he was the Indiana coach, was the Army coach, and one of his point guards was Coach Gay. And uh, you're right. I mean, he would never have survived because Duke, Duke had had good teams. Uh, Bill Foster had been the coach before him. They had been in the championship game in 1978. And three years later, with this new coach having a losing record. And then another losing year and another losing year. Uh, and it finally came to the point where you better start winning quick. And obviously he did. So the reverence obviously has built over many years, very similar to the way it was with Dean Smith. It's just that Coach Kates won more championships than yeah. Dean Smith. Um, talking about this game, though, specifically, um, this is an interesting matchup because North Carolina earlier this year, under Hubert Davis, who'd taken over for White Williams. They were getting blown out of games. In fact, they got blown out at home by Duke. Yeah. This game was on February 5th by 20. 20. Duke won this game 87-67. And exactly one month to the day, on March 5th, North Carolina goes into Cameron Indoor. Final home game for Coach K. And they run off Duke at the final, you know, at the end of that game to win that game. And so people are talking about revenge game and everything else. Do you read much into that? And when you look at this matchup, um, because, again, you can talk about the coaches all you want. It's still the players on the court that are going to decide this. But what do you take away from the first blowout win of Duke at North Carolina and then the way North Carolina goes into Cameron and at the end of the game literally blows Duke off the court?
6: You know, I think that the game in Cameron at the end of the season was, um, you know, I think Duke was tight. I think they could feel the the energy in, in, the, in the arena. You know, Jerry Seinfeld was there. Like, all these celebrities yeah. are there that normally aren't the game. A lot was riding on that game as far as the coverage of it. And they just didn't play one of their better games. I think tonight we're going to see a much more relaxed Duke squad. Uh, especially knowing that they just lost to this team. Like there's going to be a renewed focus this week preparing um, for for North Carolina. But Carolina was an eight seed for a reason, right? They had been blown out, as you mentioned, a bunch this oh, year. Oh, a lot. And until the tournament, I'm not sure they had really, uh, outside of the Duke game, they, they don't have a lot of quality wins. Um, and the quality wins just kind of happened at the end of the season. And obviously they played well against UCLA. They played well against Baylor. They're playing much better basketball. I was uh, writing – this week for Fox Sports, you could go find the uh, the article um, uh, about why North Carolina can win this game. That's what I was asked to do, and I, I'm good at my job. So I, I was finding ways um, to, to figure it out. Obviously, the confidence, right? Just the confidence of of we just beat them and we're playing good basketball, man. Like we know we got these guys. That goes, I think, a long way. Just mentally, um, just kind of like a just mentally, right? Just mentally um, pro- uh, uh, approaching a game with, with high confidence. Two is Caleb Love. Caleb Love had thirty points against UCLA, right? We know that. If Caleb Love
5: doesn't score twenty-seven in that second half, UCLA yeah. is in the final. So four.
6: I was looking at Caleb Love because yeah. I was trying to find the, the player that matters the most for Carolina. And you know, there's different thoughts about who that is. But yeah. Caleb Love this year I, I had nine games where he had single digits uh, mm-hmm. in points. Six of those were in his losses. Carolina's nine losses. Yeah. So um it's very important that he scores tonight because we see, and you mentioned going back to the first segment, you, you mentioned like player of the, of the tournament, right? Most outstanding player is not often like an NBA superstar. It's a guy who typically it's a guard for the most part who gets really hot, right? And Caleb Love did against UCLA. And they're going to need that type of scoring tonight, in my opinion, to keep Duke and kind of hold them down. Another thing Carolina does well is they rebound against second-chance points. We saw against UCLA, obviously. And when you just get more opportunities, you have more opportunities to score, right? <laughs> and so that's why they score so many points in, in in the games they win. They've scored 90 points against Baylor. That was overtime and against Marquette in the first matchup of the tournament. Second-chance points, man. They rebound their butts off, um, and, and they shoot foul shots well. So they, they do some of the things you have to do well in a tournament. I just think Duke is just stronger. Um, I think they're more ta- they have more talented players. Um, you know, they're. it sounds silly to play for something more because they're both in the Final Four, G's, right? You think they would play for um, for the moment. But it just feels like Duke is on this mission, man, where it's going to end with Coach K holding that championship trophy, which will piss off everyone who's not a Duke grad, is what it feels like. Um, but it... it, it I bet on Duke today to cover. It was my favorite wager um uh, of the two of them. I, I'm you know, like I said earlier, Villanova to me, the way they tempo things down, they turn that tempo way down, it keeps their games closer. I just think Duke's better. I think I think they're more talented, they're better, they're better coached, and that's not a knock on Hubert Davis, just his first year doing this, right? Um the adjustments that Duke has made throughout the tournament have been have been well, and they I think they're just better, man.
5: Well, I, better. I will say this. I, I have to look this up. Obviously I'd have to dig deep, but I don't know a lot of teams that have gotten to the Final Four that have had four games during their season in which they lost by at least 20 points, and that's North Carolina. Not only did they have that 20-point loss at home to Duke earlier this year, they lost to Kentucky 98-69 to back in December. That's a 29-point blowout. And then they had back-to-back road games against Miami and Wake Forest back in January. They lost to Miami by 28 and four days later, later lost to Wake Forest by 22. So there are a lot of bad losses. So that's exactly why, as you mentioned earlier, North Carolina was only an eight seed, uh, despite that win over Duke to end their regular season. Uh, so we're going to play this out uh, a little bit later on. Well, have much more on this game. Again, we're about an hour and a half away from tip off for these uh, Final Four. Uh, on the other side, though, Jeff, I want to get to one of the big NFL stories that happened this week. But first. Let's find out what's trending right now. We welcome aboard the one, the only... Mr. David Gascon. David? It's good to see you today. And
0: it was a weekend starting off with no procreation talk.
5: I did not talk about, Jeff, I've been really hammering him on procreation. We yeah. went over this last week. I you know, know that. that. And I did not, I did it's not time, do time this. Time for kids. <laughs>
6: yeah, I mean, you know. I, I'll just say this. Don't have kids if you don't want kids, please. <laughs> I, it's my best. <laughs> I love my kids. I, I love, but I'm saying like, I tell people like, just don't, if you're not ready for them, don't have them. You have a couple, right? Yeah, I have two, yes. Two, yeah. Uh, well, yesterday
5: my youngest, my daughter's 21st birthday celebration, uh, and dinner cost me. Let's see, what tipped eight hundred and forty-nine dollars last night. Okay, yeah. Well,
6: you, you can ask for some extra radio shifts, I guess. <laughs> <laughs>
5: and, and people wonder why am I still working seven days a week? Yeah. Right. Uh, I think that's great advice, though, Jeff. If you really don't want kids, don't have kids. You what's gotta the, want it. What's the cutoff date? There
0: is no, no cutoff date. just whatever you don't want. Just no. like, there's no
6: cutoff date. But like people, like people, there's a pressure in society, I think, to have kids. And yeah. if you don't want to have kids, don't have kids. Like it's, it's fine. I, I, I don't judge people. I'm like, good for you. You don't want to have kids. You know what you don't want in life. That's great.
0: Just kind of like, it's that borderline age though, right? Like you don't want to be that creep that's starting to date. I have a, I have so a friend like of mine who's,
5: uh, let's see what is he's, he's uh, 53 right now. And he's got a four-year-old and a one-year-old. How old is his wife? She's in her forties. Yeah, I mean, I think she's in her four, early forties, maybe. Oh, so she, yeah, she was like her late thirties. Wow. Beautiful lady, but I mean, yeah, they're very happy, and but it's it's challenging. I mean, Jeff's like a kid, you know. So I mean, I'm he's 35.
6: younger. I mean, it, it is. I will say, if you were. In your 50s with a newborn, I thought that would be tough. That
5: would be, yeah.
6: yeah. be, be That's tough. coming from a guy just in his mid-30s
5: already finding how tough just, it is.
6: Just like energy-wise, yeah. having a, a newborn in your 50s. Yeah, there's, yes. I will always
5: say this, and I, this was, I, I've mentioned this before. Oral Hershiser, the legendary Bulldog. Dodger pitcher, Bulldog. Yeah. He and I were born the same year, uh, and after my second son was born, uh, we, he was still pitching. He was pitching for the Mets at the time. Oh, boy. And I was having this conversation. He, he has he had kids uh at that time but you know they were a little bit older but he said something that always stuck with me he goes when you have kids the days are long but the years are short oh there's no time off yeah that's true from the opening bell to the closing bell yeah children are all consuming and, and because of that time just accelerates
6: That is true and like so my my wife and kids are not home this weekend and it's probably the first time in seven and a half years I they've been gone like when I'm gone when I'm not with them it's the oddest feeling of all time yeah like there's no noise in the house mm-hmm. right it's like I don't know what to do with myself it's a very weird feeling when you're with them yeah. for so many. but years.
0: but that thought in your mind like fatherhood motherhood it will always be there like worrying about your kids
5: right
6: yeah but that's that's what people, you people that's can tell yeah.
5: you but it is it, again any parent will tell you until you become one, you have no idea. <laughs> you just, it, it, you have
6: no idea. Yeah, like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, folks out there. Being a dog parent is not the same. <laughs> no,
5: it's not. It's not.
6: Sorry. Sometimes it is, but Fair not,
5: yeah, not
6: the same.
0: <laughs> yes, uh, you guys are talking about the NCAA tournament. Both those games are today. Uh, Duke and Kansas are both four-point favorites in the respective contests. First game starts at 6-9 with Kansas and Villanova. NBA is only in a handful of games today. Two of them have gone final. 76ers beat the Hornets. Cavaliers over the Knicks. Uh, 119 to 101. Warriors and Jazz are tonight. Brooklyn and Atlanta get things underway at 7:30 Eastern. Mewall, National Hockey League, Avalanche one nothing over the Penguins in the second. Panthers come from 6-2 down to beat the Devils 7-6. Uh, off the court in the NBA, the one-note Ben Simmons filed a grievance to challenge the withheld salary from the Philadelphia 76ers, almost $20 million. That grievance is now going to go to arbitration. So, see what happens with that. And then, Steve, we talked about it briefly, but the uh, Basketball Hall of Fame class mm-hmm.
5: this year, Tim Hardaway, Manu Ginobili, George yeah. Carl, Del again, Harris. Again, what? N- no name on this list. Manu? Uh, these are people all dedicated their lives to the game of basketball. I'm not saying they're not deserving, yeah. but let's face it, this is – not exactly a superstar class
0: no no no
5: hawkeyes (laughs) no hawkeyes yes somehow iowa totally unnecessary thanks sorry somehow snuck that in there i'm
6: looking at del harris right now i mean there's no he won he's a three-time puerto rican league champion
5: yes (laughs) i mean exactly and (laughs) he and he goes in as a contributor so he wasn't as a coach um but that's what what is what else he's been a coach what are you talking about well, I I like this. It says Harris has dedicated his life to basketball serving as a coach, mentor, and tireless advocate
6: for the game. He he was the one he was a coach when when Kobe came, right? Correct. Yeah.
5: Yes. And uh, he was jettisoned and then they brought in Phil Jackson and started winning championships. Yes. Yeah, that's that's the Dell Harris era. Uh, His first year, though, I will say this. He did a heck of a job. They completely hit the skids after Magic's forced retirement. And, you know, James Worthy and some of those guys uh, were at the end of the career. And he had a really good year in 95. Rightfully was named NBA Coach of the Year. And then all of a sudden he gets Shaq. He gets Kobe. And they just couldn't get to that next level. And then they bring in Phil and they win championships. So, yeah, that's the Dell Harris oh, legacy.
6: I forgot I'm talking to a famous person today. I, I was watching uh, mm. Winning Time uh, yes. on Sunday mm. night, probably yeah. Monday morning, actually. And mm-hmm. your your voice uh, graced uh, my iPad as I was watching it. Did, is that is – that, um, mm. that's not – you just you just voiced over that right? Like there's no they didn't like go back to
5: 1989. And find, uh, <laughs> no, and no, find yeah. No, 1981.
6: The I way it works on this on
5: this show is is that so you you actually have to be in a studio because obviously the show's already been shot. Yes. So you you have and and they give you sort of a rough script and then you just whatever sounds more natural to you. It's just that you I'm making a sh- I'm taking a shot at Magic. Yeah. I'm taking a shot at Kareem. Oh yeah. I'm taking a shot at Cooper. You call Kareem And then old. And they sort of like you know. Hit those high notes, and then they react to it. I actually, that was episode four, which yes. uh, debuted this week, and then uh, episode five will debut tomorrow. Yes, uh, you'll hear me again. This time, uh, uh, Jerry Buss, the John C. Riley, doing a great job. By that, the way, that
6: might be one of my favorite characters of all time. Uh, he, he he's, he's
5: doing going an to, he's incredible. He's going to get job. an Emmy nomination for this. He's doing he an unbelievable. Should win the Emmy job. for this. He he's should, should. He's should. incredible. Uh, really has got Jerry Bus down. But there's a scene where Jerry Bus is sitting in his office. Listening to something I'm saying about him, uh, and I won't spoil it. But uh, yeah, the reaction is something. I So really did you?
6: Did they ever? Do you know when you were when you were on the air in LA? Did they ever call you uh, angry with you?
5: Well, I, I you know it, here here's the thing about my. By the way, let's uh, thank David Gascon. We're gonna thank we're you, gonna David. talk David a little bit later on. So the way this all worked was um, the the guy that's one, the main writer for this show is a guy named Jim Hecht. Yes. And um, I met Jim several years ago when this project was just starting. And he wanted to know from my own standpoint, because I worked for the Raiders during the 80s during the Showtime Laker days. OK, so there was sort of a marriage of sorts back in the 80s. If you worked for one pro team, especially like the Raiders or the Lakers, you knew a lot of people. And so that was my perspective. Then when I became a sports talk radio show host in the early nineties and actually magic was still playing before the big announcement and everything else. um, Yeah. I mean, this is, this is always ongoing. Look, I've, I've always been, even when I was doing Laker basketball years later, when we were the Laker station, you know, five seventy. we were the home of the Lakers KLAC for many years in LA. I was the, uh, what I used to call the anti-Kobe, It wasn't that I didn't respect Kobe. It's just the fact I took the other side because my partners, you know, Michael Thompson and Victor Brick were just lathering all over the Lakers 24 hours a day. Um, So, yeah, there was always a relationship uh, between the professional teams. And if you do what I do, especially on a local basis, if you said something they didn't like, believe me, you'd hear it. Um, Especially if you're the flagship. Um, So, yeah, when they gave me the script, I'm like, well, this is right down my wheelhouse (laughs) because this is exactly what I would have said. Now, are they paying you per word? Oh, uh, you geez, know that, what?
6: They, they can afford him for, for word. I no chance.
5: You, uh, that would have been tough. if they done that? <laughs> oh, you need a new agent. Uh, so anyway, I, I, I did episode four, which you've heard. Episode five coming up, and then the final episode of season one. They've already signed on for five seasons of this show.
6: Yeah, I would sign on for five seasons too, guys. If even if you're not, it's not a basketball show. Ex- thank you. Thank if, you. If you're, if you are a fan of sports, yeah, this is a show for you. It's not. They had a scene. This week, I think it was in, in this week where it was a, about training camp. It was it was a cartoon of Magic Johnson with a bunch of women that that was explaining the training camp practice. Right, right. it's not yeah, about right. it's not about basketball. It's about everything else. Right, I and mean we were in episode four. Really, was good. the
5: first court time we'd actually seen. Yes, you know when they're and, opening up training camp and, and they're everything just about else. to start the season. So yeah. like
6: it is a it's a well worth your mm. time. It's entertaining. Um, it's very easily like they explain everything. You know you you don't have to Guess what's happening, right? Everything's explained. Um, and John C. Riley, you can tell he's having a lot of fun playing Jerry Buss. He's doing a great job.
5: Oh, and the guy that's playing Magic Johnson does a great job. I mean, every, there are some, I mean, Jerry West is getting raked over the coals in the yeah, show. He,
6: was was he that? Was he that? Was you he know, look like, at
5: my interaction with Jerry West, who I grew up as literally my favorite all-time sports hero. And I had times, many times, to actually sit with Jerry and talk. He could not have been more of a gentleman had I heard (laughs) things. One thing I didn't know was he wasn't a big Magic Johnson fan coming out of Michigan State. That's true. He wanted Sidney Moncrief. In fact, that year I was, you know, at UCLA, I was sports editor of the Daily Bruin. I also thought they should have taken Moncrief. I remember very specifically talking about you got to go with Moncrief. I didn't trust the fact that I thought Magic was a bit of a gimmick at Michigan State. You know, 6'8 point guard. Oh, and does yeah? that really translate to the NBA? Because obviously we never see anything like it. Obviously I was wrong. Um, and it, it proved out to be wrong very quickly. Uh, but the Jerry West over the top, again – Here's what happens in shows like this, right? So there's a truth in everything they're doing. It's just that some things are a little amplified, and they've really amplified the Jerry West character. Now it's calming down a little bit. You know, just in the shadows right now is the whole Pat Riley character. And this is very interesting to see how they will develop Pat Riley's role as he gets back in the organization, how he becomes the guy that we all know. So all good stuff. All right, on the other side, I want to get to this big story on the NFL and a certain presence of one individual at someone else's big day and why exactly they were there. Coming up next. There's
4: no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The
1: 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening.
5: Steve Harbin, Jeff Schwartz, Fox Sports Saturday, a little more than an hour away. Tip-off of a Final Four, Oh, one of my all-time favorite days. Semi-final Saturday, Villanova taking on Kansas, followed by... The matchup of North Carolina and Duke. Um, I want to get to some football news right now, Jeff. The big story this week was uh, really the whole aftermath. Bruce Arians stepping down as the coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Todd Bowles, who, of course, has had a long association with Coach Arians, will take over, get a second opportunity to be a head coach in the NFL following his uh, yeah. not good run with the Jets. Uh, by the way, I love Bowles when he said, I, I learned a lot from my first time as head coach, is going to help me this time. Here's what he learned: instead of Josh McCown and Bryce Petty yeah. as your co- quarterback, how about Tom Brady? That'll <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that'll help you. But um, speaking of Tom Brady, uh, during this press conference, um, and you know our our compatriot, uh, my longtime partner, uh, Rich Ornberger. Uh, really became front and center when he reported to sources, and obviously Rich and I have talked about this much, uh, sources very close to the organization. When he first broke uh, the story that, indeed, Tom Brady, part of the reason he retired was a certain friction between he and Bruce Arians. I just found it interesting that there was Tom Brady front and center at that uh, Bruce Arians uh, retirement press conference. My thought immediately was he was there to make sure that Bruce stayed retired as the coach; that he didn't have any second uh, yeah. thoughts. But what, what is your old uh, take on this, and, and what's next for Brady and the Buccaneers?
6: Um, well, um, I uh, I feel like Rich got vindicated a little bit here, right? Yeah. Um, on this story, uh, because he seemed to be right. Um, look, I think there's difference, obviously, between you know whether Bruce Arians and Tom Brady were friendly, which I'm sure they were, right, uh, versus whether they got along with their his coaching style and Tom Brady's style of playing, right? You know, Bruce Arians is is all about um, you know enjoying life, which is fine, but a lot of high level players and coaches. They're out there grinding, right? They're not they're not you know leaving at seven o'clock to go attend family events, and they're not leaving at seven o'clock to, you know, to go have a drink. Like that's not what they're about. And I just feel like the personalities of Tom Brady and Bruce Arians, um, it worked well obviously in year one, but obviously something happened last year where they just did not mesh, right? And so, um, do I think Tom Brady said to the Glazer family, I'm coming back, but you must get rid of Bruce Arians? It's possible, but I will say this though. The move of putting Bruce Arians in the front office to me does scream like, yeah, Brady asked for this and we're going to just pay you to just do nothing, right? Like, we're going to honor your contract. Because if you retire, I imagine his contract is not honored, right? They 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 just, it's right. the end of his, his employment. Because um, if you get fired, they they pay you out in the NFL, if you didn't know that. They're, the coaching contracts are, are guaranteed. Um, so this way, and this is what, they, what happens a lot of times. Like, I was in New York when Tom Coughlin was fired by the Giants. Um, he did not want to be fired. He ended up actually, excuse me, he ended up retiring, right? That was like a firing. He All was, right. he was let go. And he went to the front office for like a year or two. That was just like a, hey, Tom, you can stick around. We're going to pay you. We we don't really want to fire you because you're a Hall of Fame coach and everyone likes you and and you know you don't want to go. It feels like that, that's what's happening here, right? They're, they're allowing Bruce Arians to be around the facility, to be around the guys still but not be the coach but still get paid and kind of ceremoniously just wander into the sunset eventually. Um, what does it do for Tampa? I don't know. Um It gives Todd Bowles, obviously, a better chance to succeed as a coach, which I think he will because the team is really good. So the questions I have really early on uh, for me are, is Todd Bowles going to still be part of the defense, as big of a part of the defense as he is, um, as he was when he was the coordinator? We'll find out. Two is, without Bruce Arians, and and I want to make this very clear, uh, Steve, Bruce Arians is a fabulous offensive coach. Yeah. Everywhere he's been, the offense has been good, and they've won a lot of games. They've won Super Bowls. So let's, let's, let's get that out of the way first. Him and Brady might, might have disagreed on how things are going or how things went or what to do on offense, but Bruce Arians is a bona fide offensive guru. He's really good. He deserves the praise for that. But without him there now... Goes more on Byron Leftwich, obviously, and Tom Brady. So the offense might be different than last year. Might be tweaks, uh, you know. They're they're done because B.A.'s not there anymore. So it will be a different team. But they're so talented, and the rest of the NFC Rams, Packers, uh, that that's it. So I think they're going to be fine. But I definitely think if the question is whether or not Tom Brady had influence here, I I totally think he did for for Bruce
5: Arians. A hundred percent, he did.
6: In fact, just the
5: reaction of Brady when he walked into that room and took his seat. Um just his demeanor said everything. Like like this is I unlike twenty years under Bill Belichick, I have control. I have say. I actually am controlling the situation, so uh, it seemed to be okay. The one thing that sort of of I laughed at was when Bruce Arians said, "So you know, a lot of people are saying, how can you walk away, Bruce? You're costing yourself a chance to go to the Hall of Fame." I don't care about Hall of Fame. I can say I care about secession. I'm like, what? What are you uh, talking about? I don't think I, I don't. I don't know even he... know why why he even brought it up. I was like, where is that? All right, we got much more on this a little bit later on. Also, an hour away from tip off, Villanova.
4: Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com/slash-with-amex.
5: Well, we're rolling along here, just an hour away of tip off of the Final Four. This is Fox Sports Saturday. Steve Hartman and Jeff Schwartz with you. Brought to you by one of our favorite cities, Las Vegas. The greatest arena on earth, every game, match, racing competition, it is always on. Whoever you root for, whatever sport you love to watch, the biggest games are even bigger in Vegas, so make sure to plan your trip today at visitlasvegas.com. Well, it's not often you get a marquee matchup like Villanova and Kansas take a backseat to any matchup, but... With that Duke North Carolina matchup looming later on this evening, uh, they are taking on second fiddle. But before you annoy, because I know you've already put it out there on the show today, Jeff, that uh, you think destiny is on Duke's side in this tournament. I'll give you a little stat. You ready I don't for think this? I not
6: said that publicly yet, but I, am, I, am, right. I, am, I will now say that. Yes. All right. I well, before
5: really well. we make up our mind on whether you know Duke is a team of destiny, and let me give you a little number here. So we mentioned this Villanova-Kansas matchup will have two Hall of Fame coaches. Jay Wright of Villanova who's won two national championships. Bill Self, who's won a national championship. Both these coaches are already in the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame. But here's a little something for you. This is the fourth time that Jay Wright of Villanova and Bill Self of Kansas have matched up in the tournament in the Sweet 16 or beyond. The fourth time, the first three times, the winner of the matchup went on to win the national championship. That's right. In 08, Kansas beat Villanova on the way to the national championship. In 2016, Villanova beat Kansas on the way to the national championship. And the last time was in 2018, in the final four, when Villanova and Kansas both were number one seeds that year. And Villanova blew the doors off Kansas. Uh, but that's 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 a little yeah. trivia for you that the previous three times that a Jay Wright-Villanova team matched up against a Bill Self-Kansas team in the tournament, Sweet 16 or beyond, the winner of that game would go on to win the national championship. I got to throw it out there, Jeff.
6: All right. Um, I, I if Villanova gets by Kansas today, especially with the injuries they've had, I mean... Well, their number two scorers out, obviously. Yeah, um... And it, and they have a, a shorter bench. They just don't play a, a lot of guys. So mm-hmm. having now to to increase that rotation because of injury is is not great, right? That's not you know what what they would like to do. I mean, they really play. They have six guys that they play, um, you know, basically twenty five minutes or more. And Moore plays thirty four of them, the most of anyone. And so now they're going to have to go to players who play eight minutes a game and nine minutes a game, who average mm-hmm. one point. 1. 1.6, 1. 1.4. So they're really dropping from, you know, 15 points and more gets to something much lower. Gonna have, someone's got to step up, right, uh, and fill that void. And the fill that void might just be defense and pace and playing really slow and just trying to limit the opportunities that Kansas has to score points, right? Because if that's one way Villanova has done this. That's the way they play, right? They're very slow. They're very methodical. And it makes the games close at the end, but also it puts pressure on the opposing team to almost have perfect offensive possessions, right? Because if you go down and and you miss two or three times in a row, that's not like three minutes off the clock you haven't scored, right? Because of Villanova's pace. And so it kind of gets the pressure going for the opposing team. But Kansas, like I said, when they get going, they can score a bunch of points. And so, um, they, again, this tournament, they haven't done it. As well as they'd like to, right? Uh, they, they hadn't covered until, I believe, until they, they beat Miami. So, um, again, I just think the depth of Villanova makes this game really tough for them.
5: All right. Now, here's, we'll here's another note, okay? Now, we always are talking about this era of one and dones, right? Yes. But not this year. In fact, this Kansas team may have more experience than any team in the history of college basketball. Because of the uh, COVID situation where guys were granted an exterior of eligibility and the transfers. For instance, they have a a backup point guard named Jalen Coleman lands at Kansas. This will be his 171st game. He played at Illinois, DePaul, and Iowa State. And now he's playing with Kansas. How about this? Mitch Lightfoot. He will be playing his 167th game at Kansas. He was on that Final Four team back in 2018. Plus, they had a transfer from Arizona State. The, how about this? The top eight scores for Kansas have appeared in 965 yeah. games, which might be the most experienced team of all time. And then you got the Manic guy, you know, at uh, North Carolina. Yeah, played I mean, four full years at Oklahoma
6: before transferring. Remy to Martin, a, by the way, the one you mentioned, the transfer from Arizona State, he's had yeah. 146 career games. Right, Remy Martin. <laughs> yeah. So,
5: I mean, it, and, and David McCormick, the big man. So it's isn't it interesting no, that we, we've I, talked about these young teams and and the idea of all yeah, these one-and-done teams. They're saying that there might actually be more experience in this final four than any final four ever.
6: So it's interesting you mention that because we look at the last couple of years, whether it's Virginia, whether it's Baylor, um, those were older, more physical teams. Right. Just like more mature bodies. You remember watching going back to watch Houston, Arizona. Sure. And. Arizona's got some Coloco, like they, they got they got big old guys. Pal Larson, right? They got they got they got big dudes. Um but Houston had more mature bodies. Oh, they didn't, like, like, like the like you could tell like there was just a big difference yes. in, and Houston had older players and their bodies were just different, right? And it was it struck me and I you know obviously as as much as I watch you know the 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 Pac twelve which is like older older more physical guys, and we're seeing I think that trend now where the the teams that are winning and, and Duke is a little bit of a rarity this year. Because they have some younger players that have started to play better, but really, it's it is about having older players that have been here before that have a little physicality. To, and I'm not talking about when I say physicality, I'm not talking about like going and hitting someone on the court. Just like mature bodies, right? They have their are stronger bodies, and they look like an older one, an older player who can kind of take a little bit of banging and and whatnot. And I think that's important as we're seeing now, as we kind of. Um, you'll get longer in the tournament. So I'm not surprised that this is um, a new trend we're seeing. It does worry me when I look at like, you know, teams that I root for Oregon, especially like they just go younger and transfer every year. Like they have a bunch of young, which is good. They have a bunch of young, good players, but we're seeing a lot of winning being done by the older teams.
5: Oh, no doubt about it. And by the way, if you're one of those people out there watching this matchup saying, Has Colin Gillespie been at Villanova forever? Uh, The answer is yes. He was a freshman the year they won that national championship back in 2018. This is his fifth full season uh, at Villanova. Again, taking advantage of the COVID rules that allow him to get one extra year. So this is a very different Final Four. In fact, Coach K's talked about that. uh, That this Final Four, not just because you got uh, marquee matchups, you know, all these blue blood schools. But just the experience of the players yeah. on these teams is unlike any Final Four yeah. we've certainly seen in recent history. I mean, this this goes back to the well, era when the Patrick Ewing yeah. stayed four full years, uh, you know, at Georgetown. Uh, but that's the way this Final Four really sets up.
6: It it does. Um, and even getting like back to the first game, we talk about depth and how important that is. Just in you know, kind of generally speaking, when it comes to I mean, you have a guy like like Remy Martin who comes off the bench for Kansas, right? I mean, yeah. they just. You don't have that Villanova right now. You don't have that at Duke right now. You don't have that North Carolina right now. Um, and that might be the difference between, you know, Kansas winning the whole thing and, and Duke or North Carolina. I just think North Carolina is not going to win today. So uh, maybe not entertain that idea. But uh, older depth, right? Guys that can get you your buckets and points um, are, are just are, are vital at this time of year. Uh, we get – Rightfully so. I get why we get choked up by like Gonzaga, and, and they played in the final last year. So, they, they, and they've won the most tournament games like for seven years in a row, right? Like they're they, mm-hmm. they, they're good, or Arizona, or some of these high scoring teams. And it just I come back to like tempo. Rebounding and turnovers. I mean, those things. When you get back to the, you know this time of year, guess who's in the front of the tournament? Right, teams that rebound, that 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 don't turn the ball over, force turnovers, and that just play a slower pace of game doesn't mean the game is going to be low scored They just would rather walk the ball up, set their offense up, which allows them to set their defense up. By the way, too, right? Because you're not running up and down the court. You're 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 you rebound. You go play defense. And again, it puts the stress on the other team. So I'm curious to see how this first game goes. Uh, I did bet Kansas minus four and a half. Uh, I think the depth. I'm a little worried about that. I don't feel great about it. Everyone's on the under. Uh, that I mean, everyone's taking under tonight. But I, I I like Duke the most tonight. I, again, I've made that case before. I just think Duke's more talented. I think Carolina um, is a little too streaky shooting. I mentioned Caleb Love. Uh, he has to play well for them to win. If you look at the the way his season has gone, it's kind of gone the way. North Carolina season goes. If he plays well, then they play well. Um, But Duke's playing good basketball. Well,
5: they're playing good basketball, but if we're, again, making the point about experience, of these four schools, they have have the least experience uh, of these four schools.
6: But it hasn't – but in the tournament, though – it hasn't made a difference yet, right? It might make a difference tonight, but we saw them pull away from Michigan State. We saw them pull away from Tech. Some pull away from Arkansas. That game, I think, was a little bit more of a wider um, berth in the second half. But, like, you know, the Tech game, right, with about five minutes left, they buckled down, they made their shots, and they played good defense. Like, that's not something that a younger team typically You see, happen in the tournament, right? So, Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's all right. Well, I'm not going to reveal
5: it yet, Jeff. I'm not going to reveal yet, but I have a dream scenario for this final four. But I'll get to that a little bit. They're
6: they're not in it, Steve.
5: I know they're they're not not in it, but I'm going to for these four schools. I, I later on the show, I will give you my dream scenario, okay. like where I would, where at the end of it, I would be saying I could not have enjoyed that final four anymore, but that, okay. I'll, I'll have that now on the other side, uh, believe it or not, we finally are going to get the opening of the baseball season. That's right. Thursday <laughs> is the, uh, one week delayed opening of the baseball season and their timing couldn't have been worse. Maybe
4: we'll explain coming up next You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com/slash-with-amex. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The Seven from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now.
5: Steve Harbin, Jeff Schwartz, Fox Sports Saturday. The Dollar Shave Club six-blade razor brings noticeably smooth shades with six stainless steel blades for swift hair removal and a lubricating strip that keeps things smooth. Dollar Shave Club razors are sold at dollarshaveclub.com or in stores. All right, again, we're about uh, 40 minutes away from tip-off of that Villanova-Kansas game as we get this Final Four Saturday underway. Uh, but this is also a big week for a couple of reasons. One is finally the start of the Major League Baseball season. Now, we're just happy that we do have a full season ahead of us, 162 games. Uh, it started a week late, so opening day will be Thursday, which seems great. Perfect timing except for one small detail here Jeff and that is the looming possibility dare i say probability that tiger woods just a little more than a year from what could have been a fatal car accident i mean how, i mean literally escape with his life his leg could have been amputated but after playing 18 holes the other day at augusta national it appears, not definite, but it appears a real possibility that Tiger Woods is going to tee off on Thursday at the Masters. Now, I'm not going to project. I'm just, well, I'm going to make a prediction. If Tiger Woods tees off at Augusta on Thursday, my guess is that his presence at the Masters is going to trump anything that happens opening day in Major League Baseball. My guess, what do you
6: think? Yeah, not even close. Um, I'm a giant baseball fan. If I had to choose to watch the first baseball game of the year or Tiger Woods, I'm watching Tiger Woods every time. <laughs> right. Um, and, and you know, I don't know what – I'm 35. I, obviously, I grew up in the prime of Tiger Woods. I don't know what it was or is about Tiger. I think it's just the obviously incredible ability mm-hmm. that he has on a golf course, the shots he can make that no one else can make. Um, I think his, his – um, his confidence, right? His fist pumping, his his just his the way he cares himself on the golf course have all appealed to everyone of my age. And when he plays, I think it brings us back to our childhood a little bit, right as well. But we also love redemption stories in America. And this guy's had multiple (laughs) redemption stories, right? He's on top of the world. He then gets his face hit with a golf club, Mm -hmm. right? He then has to come back from that. And then he comes back from injuries and surgeries, now a car crash. And we love redemption stories in this country. And I just haven't felt as connected to other golfers as I have the Tiger, partly because – that was my childhood, right? Like, I am a working adult parent of two kids that are seven and five. I don't have time to watch a lot of golf, believe it or not, everyone. And so, um, I, if Tiger's on, I'm like, heck yeah, I'm watching Tiger, right? I watch him as a kid. I, I root for him. I hope he does well. Like, I'll take time out of my day on Thursday and Friday to watch him play where I would not do another. I'd watch golf of i around the house, but I'm not going out of my way to watch anyone else play. And I feel like a lot of people – that are my age that grew up watching tiger as our favorite golfer, again, for all the reasons, the amazing talent he has, right. All the winning he did, just his flair on the golf course, um, and how dominant he was all those things. Right. And then of course the redemption part, uh, side of this as well. I'll watch that over baseball. Um, there's 162 baseball games and to be quite honest. I, when baseball went on this long labor thing, like, I kind of forgot it was happening. I've seen spring training clips, uh, it, it, team by team obviously depends on how good your team is. Like, I just haven't paid attention as much as I would have in a normal spring training. And maybe that's my fault, and probably maybe not many unique, uh, not, uh, it might be just unique to me.
5: Uh, here's the thing about Tiger and, and you mentioned, uh, the fact that you obviously w- would not be watching golf over the opening of, uh, even the masters necessarily on a Thursday, maybe on a Sunday afternoon at the masters, but not on a Thursday over major league baseball's opening day. Um, look, I've been around the sports scene a long time and there are very few athletes that just are at that next level. And I was on the air here at Fox Sports Radio when he won the Masters that Sunday. It was a weird day because of weather penning, the whole round got moved up. Yeah. And so, Katina Mobley and I were doing the show, and I was ready to toss it to Ralph Irvin doing the updates that day. He was a big golf guy, by the way. Right as Tiger had come off the course, had he won the Masters and was hugging his mom. And you heard it on air, like I'm choking up. Like I get, I actually got like the emotion of the moment like hit me for a second there like I was like wow I mean this is just is so much I I haven't always been the biggest fan of Tiger Woods but now I I am I'm gaga I mean the idea that this guy who by the way the last tournament he actually played was the Masters in 2020 remember when it was played in November yeah. that's the last time he actually played in any tournament if he is there on Thursday, if he is actually teeing off,
6: I think he's. I, I think he's playing. I don't think he would go through the trouble of going and shooting practice oh, rounds. Oh, I think. He, I
5: think it's a definite now. Yeah. we'll know officially probably tomorrow. I like you know. Obviously, I mean, he'd have to be out there by Tuesday at the or, but, practice. Yeah, yeah. But as again, as a former Masters champion, he seriously could actually show up on Thursday and just yes. tee off. Um, because sure that, that, that's former champions who, you know, old guys, you know, that sometimes say they've, they're have they done playing and then they just wake up on that Thursday morning saying, you know what? I like to play. And by the rules, they, okay, fine. We'll make a spot for you and, you know, tee off. Um, so, but I, I think by tomorrow we'll know the official word, but yeah, yeah I'm sorry, major league baseball. Yeah. Your timing could not be worse uh, for the opening of this season.
6: It, it couldn't be. And, and, you know, back to Tiger too. I think he's, um, he's been the top forty every time he has teed off at Augusta, so you know. Like for me, I am I'm excited because I th- I think he'll make the cut, and like it'll be just fun to watch the entire oh, weekend. If he makes a cut, I mean, <laughs> um, because I don't if- think he'll win, but obviously, we've seen you know, having an intimate knowledge of that course is very helpful, and <laughs> that is Tiger. Um, and wow, if he gets to this point uh, on Saturday or Sunday, it's in contention. I mean, the the there's. You know, it's funny because, you know, in the NBA, we've had different periods where we've had different superstars, right? We had, obviously, with Jordan Bird that we had, excuse me, with Magic and Bird, and we had Jordan, and we've had different superstars, you know, with Kobe since then, LeBron and whatnot. Um, And, you know, each kind of guy drove ratings, right? When LeBron's on, people are going to watch, of course. I feel like for golf, though, I mean, there's not been anyone close. I mean, people have tried. The next Tiger is going to be this guy, be that guy. There's no one like it, man. The ratings... Um, no one draws like Tiger, and again, other sports we see guys right. We, we, we've seen quarterbacks in the NFL through different eras, right? Draw viewers to the screen, but for golf, it feels like it's it's only Tiger.
5: By the way, a little baseball note here. Okay, I want to interject. So while we've been talking about this Tigers I don't situation,
6: playing Kershaw news. Don't bring that over here. Uh,
5: no, no, no. Uh, okay. I have, so I'm, I'm watching this Dodgers Giants spring training game going on right now. Your Giants against the Dodgers.
6: Man, Kershaw dominated us as usual. So
5: Kershaw did, but I'll tell you who did not. So the Dodgers, as you know, Kenley Jansen left. Yeah. And you know, after years of ridicule from the Dodger fans, he had a really good season last year. Well, they just made a deal to get Craig Kimbrell, who at one point was the most dominant relief pitcher in all of baseball. So Kimbrell went to the Cubs. You remember this in 2019? And he had two awful seasons. I mean, awful. Like one year he had an ERA of six, another year of five. It appeared his career was over. Then last year, he had a red-hot first half, ERA under one, and he was acquired by the White Sox. So for their stretch run, like, wow, Kimbrell's back and he wasn't. He had an ERA of up five-plus. He just came in in his first spring training appearance with the Dodgers. He just gave up two homers to the Giants. He got shellacked. I mean, and I it was the like, Giants and if you're something. if you're the Dodgers right now and you are hoping that maybe Kimbrell was the answer, because, look, he, I really, he might be a Hall of Famer. I mean, he was that dominant back in the day with the Braves. Yeah. But I'm watching this guy eyeball test. He doesn't have it anymore. And, and he didn't. And he they finally got a strikeout, and they took him out immediately saying, well, at least you ended on a high note. <laughs> he was throwing up meat over uh, the middle of the plate, and the Giants were pounding him out of the park. So, uh, you know, with the Dodgers and and the trade that they made with Pollock leaving, I, that National League West right now, you know the Padres who knows with the Padres i mean they're all over the map uh i i don't know do you know fan graphs? do you watch them? you follow Fangraphs yeah. at all yeah so they did a uh, a projection of yeah. wins they and they that. had the Dodgers winning 97 games winning the west they had the Padres at 89 uh and then they had the Giants at 84
6: yeah that's about right for the Giants i feel like yeah.
5: uh but maybe the Dodgers a little overhyped. hyped uh, pitching wise you know, Kershaw looks pretty the, good today. The, but it, The
6: problem is, is pitching. I yeah. mean, the resident Dodger fan can hop on Danny if you would like, but I feel like pitching, and that's, like, to me, I, I would rather build a team for, for the postseason around pitching. The regular season around batting is fine, mm-hmm. but I feel like that is an issue. Like, in the postseason, again, we see pitching and defense are, are supremely important. The Dodgers, as of now, can't compete uh, on the mound with a bunch of NL teams and don't really have the back end of the bullpen at the moment.
5: Uh, By the way, those two giants that hit the back-to-back homers off of Kimbrell were Austin Dean and Brett Auerbach.
6: Yeah, those are not, those are not guys i will be opening A-Ross.
5: <laughs> okay, that's the two guys that just took Kimbrel out <laughs> of the park. I, I
6: don't, at least I don't think so. Yeah.
5: yeah, so uh, yeah, a little bit of concern right there. All right, let's find out what's trending right now as we welcome back the one and only Mr. David Gascon. So, yeah, the Kimbrel. Kind of kind of interesting on that yeah. take, Jeff. I don't know. About
0: what? Well, Washington Nationals have one of the worst bullpens in all of Major League Baseball the year they won the World Series.
6: They're great starting pitching, though. They had two guys. Yeah, they started what? How many how many games does those two guys start in the World Series?
0: Well, I mean, I don't know how many games they started, but I mean, they win won look, the World Series with their starting up, pitching and, yes. and some timely hitting. And the Dodgers have all
5: that, and of course the DH. So well, the Dodgers right now look at it, it was encouraging what they saw from Kershaw today because when you think about it, you got Bueller, you got Urias, and then you got maybe Trevor Bauer. I would be stunned if he ever is allowed to put on a Dodgy. uniform. Well, what are you going to do with him, though? Well, that's a great question. He's going to file a case if he's not able to play with the Dodgers. Uh, the backlash in a city like Los Angeles, a.k.a. Hollywood, uh, over know. putting a Trevor Bauer back on the field could be I don't know. a little detrimental I don't in, know. from a PR we standpoint. He could be pretty lenient on certain things. Yeah. You know, certain cities, yeah, I'm not so sure about Los Angeles on that. Well, he's not a criminal. No, but it's Hollywood. This is a pretty woke area, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying. Maybe you're – I'll tell you one thing. If the Dodgers need him, if they – I mean, they, they'll they put it this way. They're not going to put him out there unless they realize, wow, we need Trevor Bauer back. Yeah. Like badly. Um, You know, we still have to see what Dustin May and, you know, these young pitchers, whether or not they're going to produce. But uh, that Kimbrel uh, appearance today was not encouraging, to say the least.
0: If if Cody Bellinger bats 250 this year. 250? 250. Yeah. If he bats 250 this season, Mm -hmm. they'd probably walk
5: away with the National League West.
6: Well, yeah, that's not a surprise that they're – they should win it. Well, West. that
5: that would be a two fifty. It would be an eighty five point increase from a year ago. <laughs> he had one
6: sixty five. I mean, the year. Dodgers sh- should win the West. I mean, I I don't know why they would not win the West. Well, the I think I think a bigger question series. for the
5: Dodgers is Mookie Betts. Yeah, I mean, I know he wasn't healthy last year, but I mean, he's the second highest paid position player in baseball, and by his own admission, yeah, you know, he he thought it was a joke that he made the All Star team. He's like, I don't belong in the All Star team. Well, he was. He was average last year.
0: Bellinger was below average. Yes. And they won 106 games. They did. Absolutely. They amazing there? In the West. And, a, and a, Kershaw so was nowhere around last season. Correct. Probably won't be around half of this season. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, the depth of the Dodgers is unparalleled compared to anybody else in Major League Baseball.
5: Oh, absolutely. And uh, believe me, having a guy like Freddie Freeman in the lineup, yeah. it's not going to hurt. I mean,
0: Atlanta's going to be there. Yep. You don't know what
5: you're going to get from St. Louis. Yeah, My remember Atlanta? Milwaukee. Atlanta gets Acuna back. Yeah, yeah, was <laughs> out all of last year. Yeah, a pretty big piece back for them. So uh, no, I can't wait for baseball. I really can't. However, can we, can we I'm not going to be watching Thursday of Tigers teeing up. Can so, we? Can we get a freeway series? Why not? If I tell you what the Angels right now, if Sinigard who looked pretty good the other day. Yeah. If Sinigard can give them 30 starts at a high level, they could be a playoff team. Yeah. You know, if they get a you know healthy season out of Trout. You know, Rendon has a big year. Otani does what he did a year ago. Absolutely.
0: I mean, they're one and two, right? They're the graded one and two best players in Major League Baseball. Trout and Otani. Oh yeah. I mean, you gotta win, or at least you gotta get to the postseason. I don't care what it is, a wild card, whatever it may be. Like you yeah. gotta get those two guys in it. So it'll be uh, it'll be interesting. And, and speaking of that, uh, we go from Major League Baseball and the Angels. Uh, They designated Justin Upton for assignment. $28 million left in his final deal. The contract doesn't look like he'll be with the Angels any longer. Max Scherzer with the New York Mets listed as day-to-day now with hamstring tightness. Um, NBA Ben Simmons files a grievance against the Philadelphia 76ers for holding out a large portion of his salary, nearly $20 million on that. it's going to head to arbitration. Final four tonight, you get Kansas and Villanova. I'll tip off in about 40 minutes from now. Kansas is a four-point favorite, Then Duke and North Carolina is the nightcap. Uh, NBA Cavaliers beat the Knicks. 76ers dropped the Hornets. Nets and Hawks to get things underway at 730 Eastern. And then on the ice, Avalanche 2-1 over the Penguins late in the third period. Sidney Crosby did score his 26th goal of the season.
5: Gentlemen, back to you guys. All right, very good. Thank you very much, David. Uh, I want to ask you a little uh, ask about a specific team in the NFL right now, Jeff, and that's the Miami Dolphins. Uh, they made a trade today. and You don't see these kind of trades very often where you see a team trading a quality player to another team in their own division. But that's what they did today in trading wide receiver Devonte Parker and a fifth round pick in the 2022 draft for a 2023 third round pick to the New England Patriots. And by the way, for Miami that means in 2023 they have two first round picks, a second and two third round picks. Now, of course, Parker was expendable after their acquisition of Tyreek Hill. So it's not like they're going to miss Parker in terms of him being a wide receiver. But if you look at a division that really has completely changed for 20 years, the Patriots took full advantage of the ineptitude of the Bills, Dolphins and Jets to guarantee themselves year in and year out a top two seed in the AFC so they would avoid the wild card round. And they really would have to win one game to get to the AFC championship game, which is why they seemingly were in the AFC championship every single year. But when you look at Miami right now and this sudden, you know, uh, I, I don't know, abundance of picks in the 2023 draft uh, and obviously, Mike McDaniel takes over the head coach. You bring in Tyreek Hill. Tua really has no excuses now. I mean, he's going to have to develop. But suddenly, the AFC East with Buffalo's emergence and, of course, New England, as long as Belichick is there and Mac Jones' a success as a rookie, they become a very interesting division right now. So, let's stay with the Dolphins, though. What's 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 going on in 2022 with this Dolphins team, with McDaniel in his first year as the head coach, the addition of Tyreek Hill, yeah. and how does their future look right now?
6: So um, they got Tyreek Hill. But they also got Teron Armstead to play left tackle, which, yep. is, which is hugely important for the development of a quarterback. Now, he might not be, quote, quote, blindside, but what Teron brings as far as leadership and just – Having played with a winning franchise with the Saints, the Dolphins need that energy, right? And so it's a great signing for them uh, to to bring him in. Um, This is a, obviously, this is a year for Tua to to keep his job in Miami or not. It's that simple, right? Because you look at, and again, in this offense, he's probably going to be good. I mean, this is a Shanahan offense where you're really you really aren't going to be bad. I mean, how many quarterbacks are bad in this offense? It's a quarterback-friendly offense, and the throws are often defined. It's a run-heavy offense. Play action pass, move the pocket. I think Tua will be fine. But is he elite, right? Is he good enough in the AFC conference to win it? Is he good enough in your division with Josh Allen to win the division, right? Um, we don't we don't know that right now. We'll find it after the season. But I, what I really think Miami is doing is... Setting themselves up if two is not the guy to go get someone next year. They have so many draft picks they could trade up for CJ Stroud or for Bryce Young, whoever else becomes available. I mean no, let's just Strat- start
5: right there. Bryce Young And C.J. Stroud. I mean, two guys finalists for the Heisman Trophy. I would
6: trade up for those instead of Tua.
5: I mean, uh, because you you, you follow this a lot, Jeff, because you're you're working with a lot of these young players and projecting guys in the draft. I mean, when you look at those two guys, who obviously would be high picks in the NFL draft, they're not eligible. They have to wait another year. They
6: would go one-two this year. Okay, they they would would be the one-two
5: picks. Um, But, I mean, do you look at both those guys? I guess
6: not Jacksonville, technically, because they don't need quarterbacks. But, but,
5: I mean, do you look at both of those guys as, like – I mean, nothing's a sure bet, but as sure as a sure bet as you're going to get as far as quarterback prospects coming into the NFL. Because, like you say, the fact that these guys have another year of college eligibility, they're going to have big years, you know, as long as they're healthy at Alabama and Ohio State, respectively. Um, I mean, I can't even imagine the mad scramble of teams in search of quarterbacks as we see every single year. Uh, And then you have the draft capital of a team like the Miami yeah. Dolphins, who, by the way, let's say Tua has a decent year. Let's say let's say they even make the playoffs. But you're not 100% convinced if you're Mike McDaniel, if he can take it to that next level, you could throw him in a deal to really sweeten the pot yeah. in order to skyrocket up the charts and get yourself one of the top two picks. I mean, it, yeah. it's no, very it,
6: intriguing. It is. Um, the thing with Bryce Young is his size. He's like 6 feet like 180. Right small um CJ Stroud I'm looking up he's let's say 6'3 218 so uh, CJ Stroud would probably be the guy that teams are coveting more than Bryce Young just because the size does matter guys a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL yeah big strong it's not it's not even about whether Bryce Young can make the throws it's six feet 180 man well look at Tua you you, you, you Tua get hit, is you, what six feet yeah, tall you get hit it hurts you need big, a big tough body for that to yeah. to make it you make it to the other season um And again, we'll know. So the one wild card, though, for next season for a quarterback is Lamar Jackson right now, in my opinion. So Mm. Lamar is not signed to a long-term deal with the Ravens. Whoa, whoa, whoa. He
5: said he loves the Ravens.
6: Yeah. Well, I I love certain things I do, too. It doesn't mean (laughs) I love certain jobs I have when they're paying me. And then when you don't, when they don't pay me, I don't like it as much. So he doesn't have a deal. And, you know, they're back and forth. You know, the ownership blames Lamar not having an agent. Lamar blamed the team, I guess. Not really. He didn't really blame anyone. He just said, don't, like, put words in my mouth for how I'm feeling about the deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's say that no deal gets worked out and he gets franchise tagged. Takes two first-round draft picks to trade for a quarterback on a franchise tag. Dolphins have two first-round draft picks next year. Um I, I think there's a likelihood, very small likelihood, but Lamar is not signed yet. Everyone else is going to is signed up, man. Everyone else is 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 going to get is, has their deal or will get a deal. Baker's not going to get a deal, obviously. But um, you look at all young quarterbacks right now. They're locked up. Justin Herbert after next season is going to get the biggest deal of all time. It's going to happen next. Off, we know that next off season, right? They're going to be. They're going to sign him. Mahomes has signed up. Allen signed up. Obviously, Watson now has a big contract. Dak Prescott's been signed up for for you know for a long term deal. Um, Lamar isn't, and I don't know the reason why. Again, I brought up the two reasons we've heard, right? That his he does lack of an agent is hurting him. I don't know how much that is, and Lamar basically blamed the Ravens, whatever. But it's not done yet. And if he gets franchised next year, well, what what the Dolphins call the Ravens say, hey, we'll give you two first. And Dolphins like, I mean, the Ravens like, cool, we'll we'll draft someone else. It's possible, unlikely, but possible because he's not signed yet, right? All the we've seen after this past offseason, I think we can never say that someone's like untradeable, right? I mean, with Russell Wilson leaving, with Deshaun Watson leaving, and there were hints those guys would leave. We know Watson wanted to trade for over a year now, but. Are we certain that, like, Lamar is going to be in Baltimore next year if he doesn't have a deal right now? I- I'm-, I'm not certain of that.
5: Well, and but again, if you're going to get a Lamar Jackson, then you have to tailor the offense to him, as the Ravens did.
6: All right, on I- the other I- side. I-, I just say this. I think the Shanahan offense can be tailored to anybody. I, I think Lamar would be fi- fine in that offense. All
5: right, now on the other side, and as we're counting down now to the start of the Final Four, I want to get the definitive answer from Jeff Schwartz. Where will Baker Mayfield be in 2022? And where will Jimmy Garoppolo be in 2022? Okay. Jeff will have
4: the answer coming up next. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
5: Steve Harbin, Jeff Schwartz, Fox Sports Saturday. All right, minutes away from the tip-off, Villanova in Kansas, as we get this Final Four Saturday underway. In the meantime, a couple of unanswered questions from this run in the NFL as we get ready for the draft. uh, And that is free agents or those that are suddenly in a state of limbo. And the two biggest names are Baker Mayfield with the Cleveland Browns and Jimmy Garoppolo for the San Francisco 49ers. So I want your expertise here, Jeff Schwartz, as we've been uh, watching uh, all this uh, development with Deshaun Watson going to Cleveland. And of course, Trey Lance, who they gave up a lot of draft capital a year ago, the 49ers to make him the quarterback of the future. Let's start with Baker Mayfield and get a prediction right now. Where will Baker Mayfield
6: be in 2022? Um, I thought I would start with the easier one, which would have be been Jimmy G. um I think Baker is going to be a Seattle Seahawk mm. or he will be released and be a backup somewhere and I do not know where that will be um but that's the, the the one starting option for him left is Seattle, and the question becomes obviously if he's a backup, then I think there are many places where he can be a backup, and um someone will pay for you know let me think of like um who's a like a contender are, are, a contender will pay to have him be their backup to save their season essentially right like if you are a contender would you want a, a comp- I mean, Baker, healthy, can win you nine or ten games. a competent backup. Well, I, now, well let, me, now, let, me, let me slow now, down Baker a might not want to go somewhere where he's not going to play, but all that's right. where I think he'll be at.
5: Well, obviously, the 49ers do not want to see him in Seattle. I mean, the Browns – well, the Browns wouldn't, wouldn't mind see him in Seattle. 49ers might not if he, he's had success. All right, let me ask you this, though. Let's say he goes to Seattle, and he's in a battle with Drew Locke for the quarterback. Let's, I, I let's, think, I, okay, hypothetical, uh, yeah. All right, hypothetical. Let's um, – because I guess my question would be what are the chances of Baker Mayfield being a week one starting quarterback in the NFL
6: in 2022? Well, Seattle I think is a near 100% chance. 100%. And we have to also remind ourselves that um you know after the draft if a team misses out on a quarterback who wanted one, um that Baker becomes more of an option as well, right? Like, like let's say Pittsburgh really liked the guy and, and they feel comfortable with, with Trubisky, but not really as the starter per se, They on a bunch of money to be the, a high quality backup. They could they could trade for Baker. I think it's unlikely that happens, but that's it's possible. Um, obviously division is kind of odd. Um, but then I think teams, are, I think teams would love Baker to be a backup, but are just waiting it out because they know that the Browns have to cut him If, if, uh, not presented with a good enough offer, uh, you know, in the trade market. Um, trying to other teams like, um, hmm. yeah, that's probably about right. Jimmy's easy. Jimmy's staying in San Francisco. All start.
5: right. Well, before you get to Jimmy, a quick reminder, Dollar Shave Club six-blade razor brings noticeably smooth shaves with six stainless steel blades or swift hair removal and a lubricating strip that keeps things smooth. Dollar Shave Club razors are sold at dollarshaveclub.com or in stores. Of course, I was going to go with the more difficult question first. All right. So what's the easy answer on the future, at least immediately, for Jimmy Garoppolo?
6: He's going to be the nine starting quarterback this season.
5: Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's slow down a little bit. I thought, whoa, whoa, whoa. Who? who I mean, who, who, who? so you're telling me what you're finding out right now is Trey I, Lance is not, I'm not, I'm not ready. Fi-
6: I'm not finding out anything. That's my my guess. I'm not, uh, this, this is so my personal w- opinion. why
5: are you feeling that Trey Lance is not ready? Or does it just have to do with the success Jimmy Garoppolo had
6: I, I think in it has to do with just they're paying Jimmy Garoppolo $27 million and can't move him. Mm-hmm. What, what do you? I mean, I would play Trey Lance because you, you traded up for him, and you need to make it happen now and know if he's good or not. But they went a lot of football games with Jimmy Garoppolo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah,
5: they've been to two NFC Championship games and yeah. won one of them with Jimmy Garoppolo, and he's won about seventy uh, percent of his starts as yeah. a San Francisco
6: Forty Nine. Are like, yeah, what's the hurry? Right? I mean, wh- why can't well, well, Trey Lance well, 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 the wait another hurry year? hurry is that the hurry is that you have a. Quarterback on a rookie contract, you want to maximize that opportunity mm. while he's still cheap. Uh, but if they can't move Jimmy Garoppolo; they're not going to cut him. So if he's, you're paying him that much, you're probably paying him to play for you. I I I am with you. And again, by the time, but the end of the season,
5: look at Jimmy. Is Jimmy Garoppolo limited in certain ways? Yes, he's limited in certain ways. But we have no idea what Trey Lance could do at the NFL level. All right, I agree with you on both sides, and I agree if Baker Mayfield goes to Seattle, he'll be their week one starter. All right, we're going to get ready for the tip-off of the Final Four coming up next.
4: There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm
3: so glad you made it.
4: ...and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The
1: 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Well,
5: we're getting ready for tip-off now of the Final Four. This is Fox Sports Saturday. Hartman & Schwartz with you. Brought to you by one of our favorite cities, Las Vegas. The greatest arena on earth. Plan your trip today at visitlasvegas.com. First off, it's going to be Villanova and Kansas. And, Jeff, as we discussed earlier, you'd be hard-pressed if you look back on the history of the Final Four to have two schools with more experience yeah. than these two schools that are facing off because of a variety of things. Those that were granted an extra year of eligibility with the COVID rules, uh, guys that were grad transfers, the you know, this transfer portal has been giving guys an opportunity to extend their college careers on top of the fact that they had this extra year of eligibility with the COVID uh, with more out though for Villanova. They're down a man. As you mentioned, This is a limited bench for Villanova. Basically, they had a six-man rotation all season long, and now they're down to five, uh, which is going to be a challenge going against a Kansas team that, with all the success Bill Self has had over the years, uh, he's only got the one national championship. Remember, and I was there in San Antonio in 08 for that championship game when they beat Memphis, when Memphis with John Calipari and Derrick Rose and Chris Douglas Roberts and Memphis just... Choked it. I mean, they had a seven-point lead with about a minute yep. and a half ago. Chalmers hit the three-point shot to send it into G, overtime, yep. uh, and Kansas came away with that victory. Uh, but uh, if you want to make the argument, maybe Kansas is due for another championship, and this is a golden opportunity, especially after what they did against Miami last week. Down six at halftime, and would they outscore them in the second half? 46 to 15, 47 to 15 in the second half of that game. So, uh, what do you make of this matchup? Which way are you leaning right now, Kansas?
6: And Villanova? So you mentioned the the depth concerns for Villanova. After in this game, they played six guys in double-digit minutes, right? And one of them who played the most was Moore. He played 34 minutes. Well, Moore is out. So you have to replace those minutes uh, and points. Moore averaged about 15 points a game with three guys off the bench that average under 10 minutes a game. And... Uh, average less than two points a game. So there's just a lot of depth concerns you your Villanova. Now they play a game where they are slow tempo team. So they're not allowing the other team to get a lot of opportunities at the basket, which sometimes forces teams to, to stress a little bit more than they have to, because they're just not scoring at the rate they want to. So it typically keeps the games close. But I just, I just have concerns that Villanova just can't do enough, and I hate counting out Jay Wright's teams because they count all the time and they prove us wrong every single time we count them out. But Steve, I just think it's too much. I think it's too much for uh, for Villanova tonight with the, with the depth issues they have. Uh, I think Kansas takes this one.
5: Bill Self, um, you know, he sort of flies under the radar. You know, when they had this matchup against Miami and they were down six at halftime, right? And Bill Self amazingly. Uh, going into that game in elite eight games was three and seven. Uh, he had lost yeah. more elite eight games than any coach in NCA history. I think maybe Adolph Ruff, uh, but that's going way back to the Stone Age. So, I, but I, I mean, he, he really had had a difficult time. He'd only been to three final fours. Now this is number four. Uh, my favorite Bill Self story was this. So back in 08, when they won the national championship about a month after the national championship game, I had a chance to bring him on my uh, yeah. my radio show, and um, you know he was great. And, went, and I and right at the end, I said, "So I got to ask you this, Coach have you have you gone back and watched that game since it happened?" Yeah. And he said, "You mean the championship game?" I said, "Yeah." Have you gone back to actually watch the game? He goes. He said, no. I he goes. I have watched that game every single oh, day I'm opposite of what exactly talking. like i was thinking what well, you were thinking he goes i have watched that game every single day since the game happened i say, what really he goes no sure like my wife wants to like kill me like she i go but but the reason i keep watching the game is it ends great every single time like it's it's like the movie that has the perfect ending and you can't see it enough And he had me literally falling out of my seat. Uh, But that's how excited he was to win that one championship. But, that I mean, that was 14 years ago. Uh, And, you know, every year Kansas is in the mix. Obviously, one of the most legendary basketball programs. My favorite Kansas stat is this. There's only one coach in Kansas history that actually had a losing record as a head coach at Kansas. Only one. And it was their first ever coach. And his name? Dr. James Naismith. Yes, the man that invented the game of basketball, the actual inventor of the game, was Kansas's first coach. He took over seven years after inventing the game. He invented it in 1891. He took over as coach at Kansas in 1898. And he actually had a losing record as their coach uh, before handing it off to a guy named Fog Allen, who's one of the great legendary names of basketball. Only guy ever to be the coach of Kansas that had a losing record. So the legend of Kansas basketball knows no bounds. I I just, I don't know. I get the sense of Kansas is due. I don't know. I, I just, I feel like Kansas, the experience on this team, yes, I favor them over Villanova. But to me, I favor them over all three of the other teams that are left in this tournament.
6: Well, we have not heard your, your dream scenario yet. I feel like this is the time to. Uh, I will un-
5: I will save that for the end of this out. Okay.
6: Because uh, okay. I well. do
5: have a dream scenario. But right now, if I'm picking a winner, I'm going to put it out there. My winner of this Final Four is Kansas. I think they're the best team remaining. Okay. And they showed in that second half Miami. I mean, they just blew the doors off of them.
6: Right. I mean, that that Kansas wins both these games. The problem is is that I think that, as we've seen, that's not always what they've been each game.
5: Correct. Yes. But then and again, we look like, at Duke, and the two biggest names of Duke this year, you know, from a marquee standpoint, was that final home game at Cameron and then the ACC championship game. And they were awful in both of those games.
6: Oh, very, oh, very fair. No, you're, you're, you're right. They weren't very good. Um, it's just I... I, you can't I see a scenario of Coach K
5: losing in this final. For is what you're
6: no, saying. I, no, I totally can't. I, I'm not picking Duke to win because I've, of some nostalgic thing for Coach K. I mean, I have no opinion on Coach K. He's one of the best coaches ever. Yep. Um, he's been able to adapt what he does, whether it's transfers, whether it's NIL, whether it's different styles of basketball. He's coached in, in Team USA. Like fabulous coach. I, I'm indifferent, man. I, I, I know people hate him, people love him. Good, good, good coach. I, I feel no way about him. Um, I'm not rooting for for like the best storyline. Like I, I, I'm not a nostalgic guy. Like I don't. I, I, Winner. I just think they're the better team right now, um, and I think that, that it feels like one of those sports destiny moments where they're just destined to win a championship. Um, yeah, I, I don't think that has anything to do with. Again, I'm not. I'm not rooting for Duke because of. Some, I would actually, personally, I think it would kind of be gross how we talk about Duke winning a championship in Coach K's final season. Like, I think it would be kind of like too much nostalgia the next couple of days if they win. I just think Duke's going to do it because they're the best team right now.
5: By the way, and I, and this is with all due respect to Coach K, okay? Because, again, it, his record speaks for itself. Not just at Duke, but on the national level and He's had, obviously, a, a, a huge impact. And I also always give him credit for this. I mean, he's won a couple ways at Duke. I mean, early on in his career, he had the benefits of his star players staying a full four years. Oh, yeah. Whether it was Leitner or Grant Hill or Bobby Hurley or Danny Ferry or Johnny Dawkins, Mark Allery. All those guys stayed four full years. But his last national championship had three one and duns
6: yeah, he's done it different ways, man. He's adapted. I mean, adaptive.
5: 2015, he had three one-and-dones in winning that last national championship. So I give him credit for that. But when if he does win. yeah, I'm going to say this now, and I'm going to say it forever, to my last breath. John Wooden was the most successful college basketball coach of all time. And no one's ever going to break that. No one. And no. and you could argue about different eras, and he was the beneficiary of having Kareem, uh, Lou Alcindor, as he was known in his college days, and Bill Walton stayed three full years, and all of this and everything else. And
6: Sam Gilbert was helpful. But
5: here, but here, and Sam Gilbert exactly, <laughs> he won 38 consecutive NCAA tournament games. Oh yeah, 38, the second longest streak by anyone. Appes, happens to be Coach K he won 14. 38 consecutive and 44 of his last 45 NCAA tournament games in a one and done situation. The only loss. Was a double overtime loss to NC State in Greensboro, no less, at the Final Four with the great David Thompson. That was their only loss over the last forty five NC tournament games. The man coached,
6: and and I think you also too his 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 legacy, right? What he's left behind, yes, um, as well the the human he is. Um, but also, you know, he did an era where you only made a tournament if you won your conference. Yes. So he also was. If you go look at like USC during that time, the I mean, USC be like thirty and three with two losses to the Bruins, and they right. weren't and they yeah. weren't in the tournament. Yep. Um, it, it wasn't like they were just. He was playing slouches. They just beat. Every, they just beat everyone.
5: They beat um, everybody. And,
6: and but and by but the way, say,
5: only half of his championships yeah. were with Kareem and Walton. Five of the ten. But so five of them, he yeah. did not have Kareem or Walton and won championships. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, uh-huh. So anyway.
6: This game has started. Kansas is up 7 nothing.
5: Yeah. Um, yeah. This,
6: it just looks weird in a, in a football stadium. I, it, yeah, I never does. get used to
5: it. Well, um, from a court standpoint, it looks different. It's the same. But yeah, when they pan out, it's ridiculous. And believe me, having been there... It's even more ridiculous if you're there. All right, we're brought to you by one of our favorite cities, Las Vegas, the greatest arena on earth. Every game, match, race, and competition, it is always on. Whoever you root for, whatever sports you love to watch, the biggest games are even bigger in Vegas, so make sure to plan your trip today at visitlasvegas.com. All right, Villanova is looking to get on the board. They're down 7-0 to Kansas. This
6: is not how Villanova wants to start this game. Not at all. Uh, on the other the side, though,
5: opposites. we're going to uh, we'll continue to update you on the game, obviously. Also, we're going to check in with our Fox Sports Radio NFL insider, Adam Kaplan. We'll join us coming up next.
4: There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
5: Steve Harbin and Jeff Schwartz. Fox Sports Saturday. Wow. Gillespie gave Villanova a much-needed three-pointer. Kansas leading uh, Villanova 11-5 to five right now. We're six minutes into this Final Four semifinal matchup, but it was 11-2, and two, and then uh, Gillespie hit a big three. So uh, we'll keep you updated on that game, obviously, a little bit later on Duke and North Carolina. Well, let's take some time, as he is so gracious to join us every week. Because there's always NFL news. There's always NFL news. Our Fox Sports Radio NFL Insider, Sirius XM NFL, Adam Kaplan, is joining us once again. All right, Adam let's uh, let's start with uh, let's start with Lamar Jackson right mm-hmm. now. Uh, what are you hearing in terms of negotiations with the Ravens? What the organization's plans are for Lamar Jackson? Is he going to stay? Does he have a future elsewhere? How's this going to play out with Lamar Jackson?
7: No, he's not going anywhere. I mean, they, you know, he's on his fifth year option. They want him to to stay. He doesn't have an agent. He's using an advisor and an attorney. It's this is what's complicated the matter now. Moving this forward, and you've got the Deshaun Watson contract, which I could tell you from being at the owners' meetings this week in West Palm, did not go over well with. NFL executives, we're talking about general managers from other teams and contract negotiators. are they're, they're A lot of people in the league are not happy about it. We'd certainly get into the reasons why if you'd like. But the fact of the matter is when you look at Lamar Jackson, they want him to be their guy of the future. They've built this offense around him. There's been nothing that's changed. This has been their mindset. They wanted to get it done last year. But they're on Lamar's pace, as uh, one Ravens person told me. Uh, they could fast forward this anytime they like, and You do wonder, though, now with this Watson deal getting done, how does this impact future negotiations for Joe Burrow and for for Justin Herbert, who could have their contract extended after this season?
6: So why do you think it's absolutely going to get done at some point? I mean, Lamar is not done now. I imagine they're close if they want to get it done. It should be done in the next week or so. Right. I mean, why has it not been done yet?
7: Well, again, this is on Lamar's pace. They've had on and off negotiations. Again, the the problem, Jeff, as you know, as a former player, not having an agent, it it complicates the matter because you could facilitate how the contract structure should look. Uh, Now, of course, you've got the Watson deal and other uh, contract extensions for quarterbacks that have been done. You could use those as what we call comparables. Yeah. It's really not hard to get these deals done. I hate to say that, be so glib, no, but it's really I, not hard.
6: No, you're, I mean, you're right. I remember, I've had deals done. I mean, it's three emails and it's done. Like, it's it's not, really I, not it's, hard, but no.
7: quarterback's a little different. Now, this, I'll tell you, this Watson deal, I don't want to say the GM, I can't give that out, but Juan was really upset at the Browns in terms of, it's like he understands why this team didn't need a quarterback, but he understood why they, the, the Browns did it. They, they wanted to move on from Mayfield and they wanted an upgrade and that's fine. But it's just that you're doing it for a guy who didn't play last year and has these accusations against him. Um, you know, Not, not from a, a criminal standpoint anymore, but from a legal standpoint, from just from, civil, from a civil suit standpoint and just what, what it represents and there's no clarity on what, what, what really happened. And it's a tough deal for the league. It just doesn't look good at $46 million a year for a guy who didn't play last season.
5: Well, and that uh, leaking of that deposition uh, didn't help him. I mean, that that soundbite of him being questioned about whether he found the mm-hmm. woman attractive, and he says, yeah. "Well, I don't really think because I have a girlfriend." They're like, "Because you have a girlfriend," and then he says, "So why did you have it?" He goes, "Well, because they were mas- because of uh, I wanted a massage. So these were massage therapists. Yes, were they licensed? I don't know. Did your team know about this? No. Did your trainer know? I mean." I mean, and again, when these civil suits here, Adam, it's, it's credibility of one witness versus the other. He said, she said. Yep. And if that's any indication of Deshaun Watson, <laughs> it didn't sound good. Let's put it that way. I mean, I, I don't I don't I it feels like we're just got to the tip of the iceberg. In these civil suits, because it just seems like this attorney is hell bent on making Deshaun Watson look at as bad as possible. The idea that, well, I just pay him off. The the attorney said, if that were the case, these civil suits would already be gone. Um, I just, I, and where? What's the NFL going to do? I mean, seriously, what is the NFL's game? Other than be suspended,
7: the the belief with teams that were involved in trying to acquire Watson, the 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 growing belief had been six games will be suspended a minimum, as many as eight. And the, the Browns are prepared for it. I mean, they've, they they kind of know that Jacoby Brissett will, will be that guy um, to, to fill in if and when Watson suspended during the season. Um, it's, and then, of course, they, they deny that the, the, the salary for the first year had anything to do with him potentially being suspended. You know, you have to b- believe Andrew Berry, the GM. That's what he said on the record. Uh, but the fact of the matter is the other thing is they got to move Mayfield. There's $8.85 It's fully guaranteed. They're not going to cut him. It's a very awkward situation. Um, can, can I interject one thing crazy. here? Because I, I mentioned
5: this yep. on the show. I just, you know, because the way the contract is structured, right, he gets $1 million in 2022 and then yeah. $46 million a year after that. <laughs> what if the NFL, if this really gets ugly, if we get some, some of the leaks where it's really looking bad for him, what would prevent the NFL from saying, all right, you can play 2022. We're suspending you for the 2023 season. $46 well, million, dollars, just, gone. Just so
7: you know, Steve, yeah. based on what I'm told, and I think it's out there more or less, yeah. but I was told by a league source at the owner's meetings, so he can't be, they can't, the, 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 the um, voidable language in his contract, it cannot be used if it's for anything that's the same. Like, if it's based on what had been alleged before, he's going to be in the clear. If anything else comes out about him, that the, that the team does not know about, they could void his contract. Mm, they could okay. void the guarantees. So it's pretty interesting. It's, uh, you know, I, I have friends that are Browns fans. They don't know what to think. This is just so bizarre because if you look at Watson's career for charitable work and all this stuff, you go, wow, this guy's been done some great work. And then you mentioned the, the 22 lawsuits and what's been alleged. Some of the articles have been written about him that people didn't know about him. And you mentioned the, the masseuses and so forth. It's just it's like, what do you believe? What do you know? And as you said, and you're right. It's she said, he said, and who's defending whom? And um, it's just really bizarre. But I don't talk the Browns this week. They feel like they've done a lot of work on him. You know, you don't know. You just don't know. Because there's a side to people who know Deshaun Watson very well with the Texans. They, they, there's a side to him they just didn't know about. And we'll have to see what happens here with the Browns.
6: Is there some buyer's remorse uh with the Browns? I feel like they did not understand the, the backlash that could happen. And secondly, this might be part of their thought process and it's kind of icky to say, but I, I think they think by the time he gets suspended and comes back and by twenty twenty three, like everyone will kinda forget this happened.
7: Well, first of all, they don't they have not underestimated um the backlash. They knew they knew um Okay. They they've actually in fact one person said with well, the Browns this week. They had talked to other teams that went through other situations. Now, of course, this is so unique. I mean, let's call it like it is. This is not anything like we've seen before. We've had allegations, but 22 or more than three or four no, of sexual misconduct. But the fact of the matter is this is very unique. And, you know, let's not forget with the Browns two years ago, they shocked the world in Kevin Stefanski's uh, first year as a head coach and made the playoffs for the first time in nearly 30 years. It just was shocking the way that they went about what happened. And then you... You know, you wonder with Baker Mayfield, what the heck happened to him last season? I know he was hurt; he suffered the the, the shoulder injury in week two. But what is that? what happened? I don't. We don't know the real story and what, why they moved off of him. And I understand uh, this front office inherited the player that that has a lot to do with it. But you made the playoffs with him two years ago, and he's a young quarterback. And all of a sudden, you don't like the guy. I just wonder what the real story is.
5: Why is Colin Kaepernick's name still in the news? Well, he still wants to play. Well, uh, I know no he t- wants to play, yeah. but, I mean, by the way, didn't he make some kind of agreement with he the had NFL? I mean, a settlement.
7: I mean, he had a settlement. I mean, it's settlement. Well, the league, um, you know, they settled with him. They know there was, they, they know there was things done to prevent uh, him from signing with the team, which is not right. But I think with Kaepernick, as one person close to him told me, if you just look at the state of backup quarterbacks, you can't tell me he's not more talented than most of these guys, if not all of them. It's uh, it's it's just not right. But look, it is what it is. He's you know at Michigan this weekend, actually today, uh, for his work out there uh, with the club, and um, he's not giving up. Uh, he he wants to play. He's in great health. You, but as you say, Steve, you just have to wonder at what point you say, you know, what it's not going to happen. These teams clearly don't want to sign me. You do ha- you have to wonder about that.
6: All right, that, that feels that way now, doesn't it? Yeah, that's what I mean. It's
7: like what at what point do you say? It's not gonna happen now. It's been nearly five years. Well, what's you know, what's the point here?
6: I mean I I don't know what that is. Um, you know, I, I saw him throw it today. I mean he looks look, let me make he looks fine on air. I mean, that is the yeah, problem is never the, the talent, yeah. right? Like that I think yeah. we 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 not to go back to that, but we, we know why he, he's not playing, unfortunately, right? And I don't know I don't yep. just think five years later no one's gonna sign him. I, I don't think it's gonna happen. Maybe I'm I'm wrong. You mentioned a, a, a landing point for, for Baker Mayfield. Uh, Steve and I talked about it so I feel like the only place he can go to start would be Seattle. Do you see anywhere else that would entertain him being a starting quarterback?
7: No, that would be the one. It's funny you say that because that's kind of where I pegged it. Um, Seattle, I'm told, has been calling around the teams. Now, this is just part of what happens before the draft. They're looking to see where teams are at their with their quarterbacks. They, they're not. I know they have to say the right thing because they traded Drew Locke was included in, in that in the trade. But let us let, Drew Locke's not a starting quarterback at this, at this level. I mean, he's just not. He's not accurate enough. He's got issues with his mechanics. I mean, they, they need to get real. They're, I know John Snyder, the GMO, and i talked to him about this. He hates the word rebuild. He likes to call it retooling. Yeah. Well, they're in a major retooling. Let's call it like it is. Their defense yes. needs to be rebuilt. They don't have a quarterback. Their offensive line, now. to see they can't blame Russell Wilson anymore for holding the ball too long. Their offensive line's not very talented, and they also need to rebuild that.
5: I hope you didn't bet on Villanova in this you know, game, just, Adam. But uh, I passed their school today. Uh, yeah, in,
7: it's uh, it's, it's getting yeah. ugly here. It's a shame. i look. They lost their second best player. To
5: they did. I mean, Killers. and they basically, basically they had a six man yeah. rotation the whole season. Exactly. And yeah, they it, down to five.
7: So it's, it's a great story. They went way farther than I expected. So yeah. I'm a Temple guy, but I, I root for the Philly, uh, the, the college teams, and it's yeah. a great story. It's a shame.
5: All right. Well, as Adam, uh, as always, Adam, we uh, there's so much in it. We could literally do three hours. We should every day. do an hour one time. And we, we, you want to? Uh, you, know. you want to go extra time? You know, we we'll always Could I petition extra time. for it. Uh, right. You don't have to petition. You are our Fox Sports Radio <laughs> NFL Insider, and believe me, the vast majority of our listeners just say, "Why do you guys talk about anything other than NFL, Adam?" Because uh, <laughs> we, we, we got to match. spice it up a little bit, uh, right, guys, Adam. Guys. We always appreciate the time. Thank Thanks so much. All right, good, Adam guys. Kaplan, Later. joining us. We could do that easily, Jeff. You know. I mean, we could sit there and ask questions about him all day long. I mean, I got a million questions. I didn't get we, to, we,
6: to the... we didn't even get to Jimmy Garoppolo. We oh, didn't get to we didn't get, get to, to Bruce Garoppolo, Arians. Bruce Arians
5: we left out there. I mean, uh how about Bob how about uh uh Bob Kraft? Sort of uh, putting out an ultimatum
6: to yeah. Belichick. Did you see that? I did see that. Yeah, yeah. like, you, like know, you better
5: like, start winning some playoff games, or
6: else. I'm like, I mean, it's gonna, it's gonna be over at some point. But this, this kind of just shows you the fickle nature of, yeah. of the, the sport, right? I mean, oh. the greatest coach of all time. What
5: have you done for me lately? Exactly. Hey, yeah. what, have you, what have you done for me lately? All right, let's find out what's trending right now. This guy's always at the top of his game. Oh boy for David Gascon. Hey, Adam's like JP,
0: though, like John Paul Morosi. He's got mad range. Oh, so you don't have to man. stick with football with him.
5: Well, I mean, you know, we could do an hour on NHL hockey talk. Easy. Go college football with I mean, Adam. I'll skip, I
6: mean, i skip that talk. That, well, I know you, you will, but I, and probably
5: I should as well. But, I mean, Gascon, I mean, oh, how much do you respect uh, when JP is talking NHL? I love it. I mean, he is... It's good. Really good. Talk a little
0: French. Yes. Hey, he's uh, he's a cultured man. He's an educated man.
5: My favorite name ever in the National Hockey League was Ivan Kovalye. Ivan Not Mike a, That's a great French name. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, is ta- My I'm rich. Really leave you two alone. I Love those French names. Thank you. Don't feel left out, <laughs> Jacques Le yeah. Perrier. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh boy, I, I know Iowa Sam will be marking a lot of this tape as the uh, show goes along. Exactly. So. Where's the uh, Where's the Batum? Steve, come on. Nicolas
2: Batum. Mm-hmm.
0: No, that was right. you. Did that last year. Eva oh, Kraya. Right. <laughs> that's it. <a>, oh,
5: that's what they are talk. Jean Beliveau.
2: <laughs>
0: Guys, uh, this thing is a route, at least to start. It Oof. was 10-0 before Villanova scored, and it's 26-11. to They're just kind of coming out of a timeout right now, but it is all Rock Chalk Nation. Uh, they were four-point favorites in this ballgame, and they look comfortable. 15-point advantage with 9.28 to play in the game's opening act. This game taking place in New Orleans. The one after that also taking place there, North Carolina and Duke. Uh, guys, since Coach K was hired all the way back in the day. Do you know what their record is head-to-head?
5: Against North Carolina? Yeah. Oh, I do not know. It's, oh, well, you can got to be close to 50-50, I would imagine. Very close, actually.
0: Yeah. Want to take a stab, though, Steve? I don't know. How
5: many games? Do you have the total games? No, I'll give it away. Uh, okay, um... You, see, you, you're, on the, you're on the right track. All yeah, right, so let's seven. see. 40 years. So let's say they've played 80-something games. I will say uh, 45 and 44.
0: You're awfully close. close. Am <laughs> I? 50 and 49. Ah! Yes. There you go. Very okay, close. Really close. All right, so, yeah. so I
5: missed it by a little bit there. That's
0: right. But, uh, yeah, guys, uh, that thing will get underway at 849 uh, Eastern. Since so 2018 wow. now, Villanova with the advantage. Um, NBA Sixers win today Cavaliers also win Nets and Hawks will get things underway in about an hour from now Jazz and Warriors tonight from Chase Center up in San Francisco
5: mm, that's it no more pock talk alright very good we appreciate that <laughs> Mr. <laughs> David Gascon yes um, no I was uh, talking to Joy Taylor earlier preceded us with the Joy Taylor show she just came back from Paris and uh, my daughter is going to be heading to France. I love uh, going there. You, you've uh, spent a lot of time in France, I know. Who me? Yeah,
6: we were well. We've spent we spent three days. there. We're supposed to have another European trip this summer, but it just it didn't work out. Um, we've done uh, London, Paris, Switzerland, and Spain. Um, yes, we had a big. We had a we had a pair, We had a summer solstice. You know, so we fly to Paris on like the longest day of the year, right? Right. We have a big celebration there, mm-hmm. and then we were going to go. Uh, we stayed there a couple of days and go down to Italy and mm-hmm. Santorini, we just, and, and Greece a little bit. Like we just, we just, didn't, it just. We're going to Disney in a couple of weeks, and that's a very expensive uh, week in Orlando. Yes, so ways. we're we're just using our money for that this year.
5: Mm, okay, running into the fire. Okay, I like that. Uh,
6: we we go to Disney. We go every year in Anaheim, and for spring break, we'll go with the family down to Orlando. It's our first time to go there. Um, so, yeah, we're doing that. Uh, sitting in a nice hotel and whatnot. But, yeah. I, That's nice. Well, the kids. For, uh, for, uh, how, how old are your kids now? Uh, they'll be uh, 8 and 6 yeah, this summer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still uh, in like, wheelhouse. I just, I personally like going to Disneyland for four days is like not my thing. <laughs> so, Oh, no, no, no.
5: You have to do what I did one time when my kids got a little bit older. We went on a Disney cruise. Uh, that yeah, was up when we, we left Seattle we, we and we went up cruises. to Alaska. And of course, it was great to see Alaska. I'd never seen Alaska. Uh, but uh, there's something about being on a Disney cruise for a week. Yeah, we don't do it. <laughs> uh, and by the way, the cruises. only programming in your room. Is Disney programming like if you like you settle in and turn on? Oh yeah, they only have <laughs> Disney and and they're like, everywhere you go is Disney, 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 Disney. Oh yeah, yeah. I
6: after mean, there, a week, there's yeah, a yeah, um, yeah, yeah 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 There's like a there's Nickelodeon hotels. We thought about doing those. There's one like outside of Cancun. We the cruise thing is not really. Uh, but how about this? I I've been to, you know I was busy for a couple of weeks. I know we missed a couple of shows together. I was I was busy. I missed some work and whatnot. Right. And so I told my wife like. Hey, like, and I've got some stuff coming up in, in the next couple of months. And so I was like, hey, I want to try to work while we're at Disney. And I work 7 to 9 Eastern on uh, Monday through Friday. And I didn't even, like, finalize it that I was going to do radio. And she told me like, a couple days ago, hey, just let me let you know, we didn't make a reservation for you for dinner. So you can just work. And I was like, jeez. <laughs> oh, thank you. Oh, you have like, no idea. She,
5: she,
6: she, she's like, uh, we made a reservation for eight every night. And on the ninth. She's like, you can just eat at the club. It's like, thank you, hon. You know, get some working while last,
5: you would love this. So last night we had nine people for my daughter's uh, big 21st birthday celebration. Yes. And we went to a very nice place, a very upscale place uh near our home in Westlake Village. And uh, it's gonna be an expensive night, and they're very nice people, and we've eaten there before. So, and by the way, we were a perfect table. It wasn't exactly a, a round table, but as close to it as possible, where you could literally see everybody at the table. Really wonderful table if you're gonna have a group like nine people. People, So they're bringing out our dinners, right? And they bring out six immediately. And I'm left out along with my mother-in-law and my oldest son. (laughs) Now they come out with two more dinners. Guess who's the last one to actually get his dinner? The guy that's going to pay the bill for the entire family.
6: Of course. So you always
5: feel like... Okay, so let's let's get this straight. I'm hosting this dinner. I'm paying for this dinner, and I'm the last guy to get served. Okay, just especially since two other people had the exact same dinner order. What do you that order? So,
6: what do you order? Like at a nice like I when I, I go to a to a nice. I had steak already house, had like a. Steak ste- I,
5: normally, I would get a steak, but I had a big steak dinner midweek, so I'm not going to have big two steak dinners the so, same week.
6: So, like I when I go to a steakhouse, I don't order steak because I can make a steak. Fine at home. No, I, or, I order things I I don't make at home. Um, yeah, well, I sort of like so, that
5: idea, but I don't make steak at home. So no, when I go to a steakhouse, I'm going steak, and I'm okay. going to get in a very very expensive glass of wine, red wine. Big yeah, tea. I'm not a wine. Like a silver how, oak or
6: something like. How that. Much a, how much is it? How much is expensive glass of wine? If you don't mind. Well, last
5: night the... my uh, glass of silver oak was thirty eight dollars.
6: Does it taste better than a sixteen dollar glass of wine? Yes. Yes, it does. Okay, you, I never picked you to use a wine snob. Oh, I just,
5: yeah, yeah. I mean, it sounds ridiculous, right? Because there were, like you said, I could have got a glass of wine for $18, but no, if I'm going to go to a high-level place where I'm already just, you know, wiping out my bank account, no, I'm going to go up in it, and
6: yes, I can taste the difference. I can't. You're better than me, Matt. I, I don't... <laughs> I, l- luckily for me, my wife drinks like the cheapest Chardonnay they have on the menu. Well, so. that's good. And by the way, yeah.
5: some of the people at the table are doing the same, but not everybody. No, no, no. One of my young, my second son, my twenty three year old son, decided, well, Dad's going to order that because he was going to have the steak. He needed to have that glass of wine as well.
6: So does it make does it make the steak test better? It does. Uh, yeah. If you if
5: you understand, like when you have a high end. Red, uh, with your steak, it enhance even a perfectly cooked steak. It can take it next I, level. Absolutely. I will say,
6: I, I'm not a, a big wine drinker because I don't like I don't like typically bitter, right? right. And yeah, you know, there's some there's well, some high end wines, wines are never bitter. That's there's some, the point. There, there's some sweet like your Riesling and whatnot, mm-hmm. but no, like no, no. Um, it, it, when. In, my dad has a good family friend in San Diego. Yeah, just north, like north of Carlsbad, basically. Yeah. Um, and they have their own vineyard in their backyard. Sure. Yeah. And we go mm. every year that we're in mm. in, in Carlsbad, which typically is once a year. Yes. And we drink the wine, and it is amazing wine like that yeah, that amazing. wine yes. is a red wine i'm mm-hmm. like that i would drink right like, because what, you incredible. mentioned bitter see great red wine is not bitter it's not i it's know not that it's not at not all a, it is my so wife, smooth is,
5: you could drink it all and then and, and it's going to hit you like a ton the of the problem breaks, is
6: also. my wife likes on the bitter side so no, like, okay, if we no, ever get no, drinks no, no, that's no, no. what it is
5: at, at some point you and i will go out to like a real steak dinner Okay, and, and with the high-level wine, all right? We're gonna go okay, with fair, that. fair enough. All right, but we're going to have that. And, we're not, and with all due respect to your wife, she's not going to be with us. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't I'm need allowed, any. I don't, I'm
6: allowed I, to have my own, my own meals no, without, no, no, without no, my wife. No, 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 it's just the guys. Just the guys.
5: All right, uh, coming up on the other side, our predictions on who's going to come out Kansas. on top of today. Kansas. I'm going with Kansas so far. Uh, <laughs> but also our dream scenarios and how – This year's Final Four ultimately is going to play out coming up next.
4: There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel... It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The
1: 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters—
5: Fox Sports Saturday. The Dollar Shave Club six-blade razor brings noticeably smooth shaves with six stainless steel blades for swift hair removal and a lubricating strip that keeps things smooth. Dollar Shave Club razors are sold at dollarshaveclub.com or in stores. By the way, we have yet another affiliate we want to welcome here to Fox Sports Radio. Central Oregon's new sports radio station, 96.9 The Ticket, Ben, Oregon. Home of the Trailblazers, Ooh, Seahawks, and, and Oregon, Oregon State football, I'm sorry, and basketball. Big welcome to Keith Shipman and company. Thanks for being part of Fox Sports Radio. Of course, you took a detour in your life to spend time in the great state of Oregon, so we welcome them to, aboard. I've
6: been to... Bend. is very nice. I played my first summer in Oregon. I went early, which used to not be the trend, but I went yes. early to play baseball, believe it or not, for a week. It mm-hmm. uh, 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 was the... Uh, Aloha Knights it's now the Corvallis Knights it's a summer travel ball team for college baseball and um we went to Bend for 3 days so i played i didn't play those games um, i actually pitched one inning uh that year i gave up 3 runs so my ERA is 27 but we scored th- 4 runs in the bottom of the night to win so i'm 1 and 0 with a 27 ERA in my one summer of college baseball uh, in my life how about that wow and we won the championship that year, so I have a People
5: don't know this about you, Jeff. Uh, you know, you just think of a, a really big guy that played football. Not only were you a basketball player, you
6: were a big time pitcher. I thought I, I would thought I thought I was gonna pitch in college. Uh, I didn't think i right. play football. Um yeah, I struck out the first two guys and then I walked three in a row and gave up a double. So Yeah. Good good good. I mean, good, you could uh, be a San start.
5: Francisco Giants pitcher for all we know right now. Do you have do you stayed with it with your pitching?
6: So. No, I didn't throw hard enough. Yeah. I threw eighty eight to ninety. But I'm you're 6'7". crafty. Throw, you, see, throw... you see a big guy in yeah, the mound, but...
5: you expect the heat, and when he's crafty.
6: I mean, okay. Yeah. Eighty eight to ninety in high school is fast. Right. It's just that you have to throw like ninety-nine if you're in the professional in your size. There are
5: guys that figure out how to increase the velocity if you had stayed with the uh, game. Uh yeah. well, let's thank first of all, our crew before we get to bold predictions here. We want to thank Iowa Sam. Uh, by the way, we, we really found out the influence he had in this tournament. So many people jumped on Iowa early <laughs> yes. just because oh, you were really towny. Everyone seemed to have them prominent in their brackets. Well,
3: you know. They, I don't, know.
5: they don't know the history of Fred McCaffrey. Right. Come on.
3: And I didn't pick so him fun. to go past the Sweet 16. Right. And that was a little bit of When
5: was the last time Iowa was in the Sweet 16? 99. 99. That's yeah. a long time yeah, ago. Long time uh, Of course, David Gascon. He knew he wasn't going to be
2: fooled. No, no,
5: he wasn't. Fooled. Big Ten was awful this year. Yeah, as it turned out, they didn't uh, have much
6: representation. Good nice job, uh, Sam. Yeah, anyway, great job.
5: Had to get that one in. And then, of course, Danny G, our brilliant producer.
6: He's excited about the Dodgers spring training uh, yeah. victory today. Uh, no, I'm, I I'm, you, I'm with uh,
7: Steve. I'm with you guys. I didn't exactly like the Kimbrell move.
5: That didn't uh, really look.
0: I
7: very loved good it. Today. I hope we're wrong out. about it, yeah. though, Steve.
5: I do too. But it out uh, well. unfortunately, mm. you, outside a good half season <laughs> last year, uh, he hasn't been the same pitcher for years. Yeah. So uh,
6: maybe, maybe Brian oof. Wilson's available again.
5: Um, by the way, Jeff is...
7: Schwartz is a Giants toe sucker, so don't listen to anything he has to say. I, about I couldn't the
5: Dodgers. tell
6: you who our who our lineup is here. Not so much. Of a toe you got
5: Mike Yastrimsky leading off.
6: There you go. We <laughs> Brandon uh, Belt, I think, is still playing. Yeah, Brandon Belt's still Crawford. out there.
5: Uh, uh, by the way, uh, it's getting a little tighter here, a little bit tighter. Uh, Kansas and Villanova. Ooh, oh wow. Villanova's all. They've just missed three straight shots and a three goes, and suddenly it's a single-digit game. Kansas's lead is down to 38-29. Minute 23 to go in the first half. So don't count out Villanova. Quite yet, out of this game. All right. So as far as final predictions on how the Final Four is going to play out, I will give you my dream scenario. Because if this plays out as I hope, by Monday night, I personally will be a happy guy. So this is how I would love to see this play out. First of all, I would have Kansas in the championship game. No knock on Jay Wright, the great job he's done at Villanova. But as I explained earlier, I sort of have something for Bill Self especially what he wears on his head. I just think it's great. So I love Bill Self, and I'm a big fan of Kansas. And I want Duke to be in that championship game. But if I get my dream scenario, Monday night, Kansas just blows the doors off of Coach K. Like he gets trounced. Now he's suffered the worst championship game loss ever. Against UNLV back in 1990, 103 to 73. If that was a if that were to be repeated, and I know Duke fans are screaming their hate for me right now, I'm sorry. I don't like Duke. Not the biggest Coach K fan, but to see him getting blown out in his final game in the championship game, no less, boom. That would be my dream scenario for this year's final four. All right, so that's my a,
6: a blowout seems unlikely. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Duke wins a championship. Even though if Kansas can play this well offensively, that'll give them a, a, obviously a, a run for their money. But I really think that that Duke is just it's it's not not a team of destiny. They're just they're good. Um, and I uh, think I think they're, they're going to win. So I think Kansas will. They're up nine now with uh, under a minute left in the first half. They're going to win this game, and Duke will win and cover tonight. And uh, we'll have a Duke Kansas championship uh, game on Monday with Kansas winning. Uh, Kansas winning it all. They have this giant. They have this giant human in the middle. It just keeps getting offensive rebounds. I mean, it's
5: unbelievable. Kansas kept missing shots, and they kept getting rebounds. So they lead forty to twenty nine right now. But yeah, uh, Coach K going out.
4: If you dare.